Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, December 17th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to have a writer's room discussion to determine the 25 best TV shows of the 2010s. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Managing Editor Jacob Paul. Hello, hello. Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And Writer Swatran Bui. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks. Okay, so for this discussion, we're, we're trying to get down to the 25 best TV shows of the last decade. Uh, we kind of made the rules arbitrary. It, it, it's basically if the if the show, the pilot episode aired after, you know, the last decade began, then it qualifies. Uh, I think that will make some people mad because... This means that some great TV shows won't make the cut for this, like Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Parks and Rec. Those shows don't qualify because they started in the late uh, 2000s. But we we have collectively contributed our our favorite TV shows of the last decade and come up with a list that are that is like 51 TV shows long, and we're hoping to narrow that down to just 25. Uh, but before we do that, before I throw it to Jacob, I, I, I wanted to mention a couple TV shows that did not make our list and see if anybody had anything to say about that. So, so, because I, I'm sure some people at home are probably wondering why these shows are not on our starting list. And uh, we should. We, we rightfully so should have to uh, explain ourselves, right? So uh, Justified. <laughs> why is Justified not on our list? Uh, I would say that... Justified had one pretty good season, and then 
uh, one really excellent season, and that would be season two. And then from there on, it kind of just went downhill. Um, it's a great premise for a show. The acting was really solid all the way through from the leads. I think it had a few guest people like Michael Rappaport's performance. I think back on that and just kind of like shake my head like what the hell was <laughs> going on there. Um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately if you look at the, the totality of Justified, I don't think it's good enough to make a, a best of a decade list. If we were just doing individual seasons, I think season two of that show would have to be in contention. But as a show overall, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, in that second season, I, I think if you had asked me then if this is going to be best of the decade, I would have been like, there's no way this is not going to be best of the decade. But it got to the point that I didn't even finish the final season because I just lost interest. So. Yeah, same here. Um, okay, uh, this one I'm kind of surprised. This is a show that appeared on a lot of people's best of the decade lists, and I know, Jacob, you're a huge fan of this. The Great British Bake Off, or Baking Show, or whatever it's called. Uh, why is this not on the list? I really liked it, but our nomination process was selecting 15 shows uh, per list. And as much joy as this show brings me, I had to, I had to be picky. I had to, I had to be choosy, and this one got cut. Halt and Catch Fire. Anybody watch this show? Uh, Peter, <laughs> we're, we're, we're a film website, not a TV website. It's hard for us. You're exposing yeah. our weaknesses. I, I watched the first season of this, and I, I kind of gave up on it. So I, I know people have said it's really great, and it's in a lot of lists. Um, okay, a show that I know some of you are huge fans of, uh, Succession. Why did Succession not make the list? Uh, I added it to the list, so it's there now, Peter. Oh, it is there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, deleting off, the, off my uh, notable missings. Um Orange is New Black. I know this is one of uh, people's favorite TV shows. I know this plummeted for Ben, right? Like, I remember Ben wrote an article explaining, like, how the show let him down. God, I mean, it's such an important show in the history of Netflix and streaming television. And it started out pretty strong um, and, and got better over the course of a couple seasons. But this is another one that just took a huge slide for me. I, I admittedly have not finished the final season, which I heard sort of returns the show to its former glory. So maybe if I had seen the whole thing, I'd be able to make a, a good case for it. But based on, you know, watching all but the final season, I couldn't go to bat for the show. What about HBO's Girls? I feel like in the first couple seasons of this, this show was so in the moment, so of the now. It was so, like, it, it spoke of, uh, you know, that this current generation. And somehow, you know, it didn't connect to, with any of us enough to make the make our best of the decade. You know, I debated nominating this because I watched the first, I think, three seasons um, kind of religiously. It was a great show, and um, uh, but I just kind of fell off watching it. And uh, but revisiting some of the early seasons, it, the, sh the writing really is phenomenal, and uh, it did give Adam Driver, our favorite young uh, rising actor of this generation, uh, his start. But um, yeah, I just uh, I just kind of fell off, and I couldn't, in good uh, conscience, nominate a show that I'd never finished. I came close because I did stick with this show, but it just, as the seasons went on, it just became kind of insufferable, mostly because the characters are so easy to despise. And there's plenty of shows where almost none of the characters are good people, but it became almost like a shortcoming for the show. That's like, can't, can't there be you know, one decent person among these people? I, I don't know. Uh, it's... It was one that I considered, but ultimately just didn't feel like I, I could put it above it, some of the other shows that I had on my list. There, there's a trio of sci-fi TV shows that didn't make our list that were on a lot of people's lists. That includes Orphan Black, The Expanse, and Sense8. Uh, 
what do you guys have to say to, to say for yourselves? <laughs> I watched the first season of Orphan Black, and while I think Tatiana Maslany's performance was like TV great, I just couldn't really get into the TV series itself. It felt a little bit too uh, just typical cable sci-fi for me, and I just no, could never really get into it. Yeah, I think that first season is great, but I fell off in season two. It, it, it does feel like that TV sci-fi, and I, I feel like none of us watch The Expanse. Like, if we had Vanessa Armstrong on here, who covers The Expanse for us on, on the site, like, I know she'd probably try to make the case for this show. Uh, what about Sense8? I admire Sense8 more than I like it. I really wish I liked it. It has its heart in the right place every step of the way. I just don't think it's very good. One last one, a prestige show that, you know, garnered awards and acclaim, but it is not found on our list, is The Crown. Oh, the Crown almost made my list. I think this is one of the best produced shows on television. Uh, it's just maybe a hair too specific and niche uh, at times. I mean, like, so many of the shows on this list are shows that uh, are just, I can watch it anytime or, be, or I can recommend to anyone. Whereas The Crown, I have to recommend with so many caveats. Uh, you have to be interested in the British royal family. You have to be. You have to know a little bit about history in order to understand what's going on. You have to stick with it through slower episodes. It is pretty tremendous if you like what it's going for. But when I looked at my list and had to cut something, The Crown didn't make it. Okay. Probably the same reason something like Downton Abbey didn't make our lists either. Oh, yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to say is, like, we are – this is going to be a much easier process, I think – than our movies of the decade process. Yeah, we only have 51 TV shows here and we got to narrow it down to 25. So that's basically just having it. Before we had like one third it, right? Like we had like started with 160 something or no, no, we we, we actually cut it down to 100. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be harder or easier. I will say this. I'm staring at a list of TV shows. And when we did this with movies, we had these numbers next to the the, the entries telling us like how many people voted for these entries here we do not have those numbers on this uh on our starting list and that makes it a little bit more intimidating for me because i don't know what has the support do you know what i mean <laughs> so uh jacob i'm throwing it to you now how how are we going to do this all right we're going to do something similar to the uh film podcast you listen to those ones from uh last week where I put together a randomized order of people, and we're going to go through. We're going to start by nominating something we think deserves to be in top 25 for sure. And if everybody agrees, we lock it in. If not, we put it in discussion, and we go from there. And uh, each person will get to lock something in for at least one round. Then we'll reassess and see how we go. And also, Peter, I went ahead and did a little look of our list, and we had American Crime Story on there twice. So we have a clean 50 now. So we are, we're all, we're all, we, have, we have to cut this list literally in half to get started. So... Uh, first up in our rotation, uh, HT, you're up first. What show do you think we need to lock in for sure to get us started? Well, I'm going to be nominating Fleabag, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's uh, Emmy-nominated TV series. Uh, just one of the best written TV shows I've ever seen, and a wonderful series that plays with that trope of the fourth wall break in a way that both invites the viewer and audience in to become like the best friend of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, Fleabag, as well as being her emotional crutch. And it's such uh, a unique and fresh way to use the the fourth wall in both this metatextual as well as like, um, you know, uh, 
a fr- almost like a friendly way that it it makes this series just so exciting and fun to watch. And um, I think it's honestly like yeah, one I think it's one of the best shows of the past decade. I think Ben agrees with this, right? I do. I was gonna do that. I was gonna nominate this, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad you beat me to it. So uh, yeah, you have my full throat support. Yeah, I, I will admit I have not watched Fleabag yet. But the cultural conversation that this inspired uh, as an editor of, of a film and TV website could not be avoided. Uh, so Fleabag, yes, belongs on this list. Yeah, I also, I, I also haven't seen the show, but I, I feel like there's enough acclaim for the show for me to know that this sh- should be there. It's so good, guys. Watch it. Chris right. loves it too, right? I do, but no one wanted to point that out, so I was <laughs> I was staying quiet. Chris, sometimes you got to speak up for yourself. No, I wait. Digital I'm my time. Chris. Yeah, Chris is picking his battles. He wants yeah. to make he wants to make us think something he didn't love to get picked, so we can get love for something else. Exactly. Speaking of Chris, it is your turn to pick something. To lock in, Chris. Uh, I am going to pick Better Call Saul, the Breaking Bad spinoff slash prequel that really should not have worked. Um, I loved Breaking Bad, and I remember when they announced this show, I thought, oh, that is obviously just a cash grab. Uh, you know, I loved Bob Odenkirk's performance. I loved that character of Saul Goodman, but I thought there's no way that guy should, you know, carry his own show. And then I was um, almost immediately proven wrong because I actually think Better Call Saul is a better show than Breaking Bad. Um, everything about this show clicks. Um, while I'm normally sort of against the ideas of prequels, because I feel like we don't always need backstories filled in, this show has found a way to take that idea and sort of create its own unique identity. And the cast is great. Everyone on the show is pretty much phenomenal. Um, and uh, and the great thing about it is it's not about filling in that backstory. It like, feels like its own thing. Right. A lot of people keep, you know, are like, oh, when's it going to catch up to Breaking Bad? And I honestly don't want that to happen at all because I'm I'm far more invested in this story. And also, the sooner it catches up to Breaking Bad, the sooner it's going to end. So I'm I'm perfectly happy with where the show is now. And uh, I think it's great. So, yeah, that's my pick. It's on the list. It has to be no anyone who argues against this. uh, I will murder you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I'm going to argue against this. No, actually, this was like probably my top picks as well. So I would have nominated this if, if it could have gotten to me. So it's it's in. All right. Not hearing anyone fight back because they want to get murdered by me. <laughs> All right. I am going to go ahead and, and I'm next in rotation. I'm going to go and pick a super obvious one that was going to get picked no matter what. And that is Game of Thrones. Because quite frankly, through even its ups and downs, this was the TV show of the 2010s. There was... This was the Star Wars uh, of this decade. This was the Lord of the Rings of this decade. It was a thing that the Harry Potter of this decade, even. It was a thing that not only dominated the cultural conversation, but was the thing that everyone wanted to be Game of Thrones. Every show chased Game of Thrones. Every movie chased Game of Thrones. It became the thing people pitched, saying this is like Game of Thrones. Became we we talked to other people uh, about other things. Said, oh, you like this? You like Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones is an accomplishment as a TV show. It's a show I liked even to the end, that controversial final season. Uh, but we cannot discuss the past decade in television without the show that defined and changed TV forever. Fully agree. 
I think I'm the only person on this podcast that, that did not like avidly did not like Game of Thrones. I know HT kind of gave up on it. I don't. Uh, I don't care for it at all. But I would also not argue okay. against it just because it's it's been so. I, I'm going to make important. the pitch here. I know I'm going to fail, but my pitch is we should not include Game of Thrones because that would be a bold move. Like we, <laughs> like we would be the only TV list the last decade to not include Game of Thrones. That's like Peter. That's like saying, you know what? Instead of sleeping in my bed tonight, I'm just gonna go find the nearest dumpster and just like roll around in there because it's yeah. unexpected. We should put um like black sails on the list instead. One of those knockoff shows, Vikings History Channel's Vikings made but, the list. By, by the way, black sails was a, black sails was actually good. I'm gonna like, I'm, it didn't Peter, make my look, list. Let's but. not get crazy. I know we're all having fun right now, but come on. How about how about Gotham? <laughs> <laughs> guys i put game of thrones in locked in list nothing you can do about it uh but brad you want to nominate gotham it is your turn pennyworth gonna... or gtfo <laughs> <laughs> um the first one i nominate I, I have to uh you know go with what i know best and i'm gonna stick with a comedy so i'm gonna this one should be an easy one and that's brooklyn Nine Nine. uh the show was strong enough that uh yes it got canceled by fox because fox is the devil but NBC picked it up, and it's still thriving. The show is extremely funny, uh, extremely progressive, has an amazing ensemble cast. Um, it's created you know, traditions within the show, things that people look forward to every season. Uh, and it's easily one of the best comedies of the past decade and certainly one of the best series overall. Yeah, I've watched the show top to bottom maybe three or four times. It's my comfort food show. And unlike lots of comfort food, it was it's never been afraid to take risks and push and change in ways that are really satisfying. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has my support. But Jacob, would... if you were making a list of the top 25 restaurants in the world, would you put a comfort food restaurant on there? Uh, as yes. someone who, Yeah. Uh, Peter, you and I <laughs> recently ate at uh, Disney Springs. We had, um, yeah. goodness, uh, that, that, that fried Homecoming. chicken place. Homecoming. And, yeah. uh, and it, it, sometimes comfort food is the absolute best food. Yeah. I, I just want to say I haven't seen the show, but I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, I came to it really late and uh, like binge through all of it, and it it was one of the most enjoyable things that I've watched over the past year. Like knowing that I had you know multiple seasons left on my Hulu account to to watch was like so comforting and so enjoyable because the show, unlike a lot of comedies, I don't think this one really had any peaks and valleys. It's just like consistent all the way through. It's so so good. It's such a nice show. One of my favorite things is that the writers of Brooklyn Nine-Nine have um, said that they don't want to just create conflict out of nothing. They create conflict out of just, you know, your organic character interactions. And that's what I think makes Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, such a great series. All right. Uh, we've locked in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, Peter, you're up. I think I know what your first choice is going to be. I'm putting $10 down on it right now. Uh, it's not going to be my first choice because I, I'm not going to go hard for my first choice this time. I think I'm going to go – I'm going to fight for, I think, what the group probably wants here. And I will say that this is interesting. This is an interesting list because with films, I feel like there was more crossover. Here, it's going to be a lot less of us having – not only having loved the same shows – but having seen the same shows um, just because of the, you know, how television works and the time commitment involved. But the pitch I was going to give to you guys and to, to move this along faster, because uh, I'd like to, you know, let's, let's, let's move, let's, let's start this off quick is I want to make the pitch for the HBO's two W's Westworld and Watchmen, 
These are two smart shows that there's no way they're not going to be on our list. They they are water cooler television. Uh, they're smarter than we deserve for TV's shows to be in like the uh, genre field. Honestly, um, some great filmmaking, uh, great, uh, just great all around. I, I think both these shows should be on our list. Watchmen, absolutely. Westworld, I, I can't back you there. Yeah, yeah Westworld. <laughs> We're all oh, no, Tito. Westworld. Here's, here's, here's the thing. I will. I want to give my support for Westworld because even though the second season was disappointing, that first season felt like we had a show that was finally replacing Lost. As far as water cooler talk, theorizing, yeah, uh, you know, interesting writing, um, compelling stories, and that kind of thing. So even though the second season kind of bit the big one. I think that that first season is so great that we you can't help but put it on this list. And by the way, even though the second season wasn't as good as the first season, it still had great episodes. Like that one episode with the native. It. What? I couldn't finish season uh, two, Peter. And you know me. I, I, wrote, I really thought I, we were going to be on the same page here, guys. <laughs> I think Westworld season one is some of the best TV of the past decade. But season two, going by the justified rules, really, really hinders yeah, the rest of the whole overall but that's, thing. But the justified rules was like justified only one sixth or one seventh of the show was great. This is fifty percent of what we've seen of the show has been great. It's been uh, amazing. We're talking about one good season. We don't have True Detective either. That had a great first season. Yeah, but we also have on this list like you know one good season of American Crime Story. Well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll yeah. get there. We'll see if that makes it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I, – I'm not uh, under the belief that, like, it's a fact that the first season is great television. I think there have probably been four great episodes of Westworld total, and the rest of it I think is just – kind of a huge mess and and really um wow you know it's, it, it, it's it's ambitious but it doesn't really know what it's doing yeah it's it's very much a show uh not to throw lost under the bus because i love me some lost but it feels like the worst of lost in that they're they're clearly kind of spinning their wheels and they don't really know <laughs> where the story is going they're just like we need to make this weird so people will talk about it and that ends up backfiring more often than not. I, I liked sort of like the first few episodes of, of the second season. And then it just sort of like became this really confusing mess that felt like it, it had no real direction. And I, I'm, I'm hopeful for season three, the, the trailers for season three, make it look yeah. like they're sort of like rebooting the entire show and trying something new. So I hope it, it gets better, but I'm, I'm on the fence with this one. See, like, I, I mean, I agree with you guys. The second season was, not as good as the first. Like, I, I really was disappointed in that second season. But I think if you have 25 of the best series of the last 10 years, like, it, it is insane that we're not going to put that in the list. I think it was so much opposition to it right now. We, 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 I, I went and put Watchmen in Lockdown. I think we all agree Watchmen belongs on this list, uh, mm -hmm. especially after last night's finale, which was phenomenal. Um, I think we should keep Westworld in discussion because I think we may find 20 shows that we're all more agreed upon as a group. Okay. I, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Ben, you're up next. Uh, I'm going to go to bat for The Good Place, which is another sort of, I mean, vaguely in the same vein of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine in that it's a comedy that's at least co-created by some of the same people and has uh, some of the same writing staff as the people on Parks and Recreation. But and it sort of gives you that same like a uh, comfort food feeling a little bit, but it's also way more ambitious than Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, is just a, a standard sort of like cop sitcom kind of thing. And it has like some fun 
uh, episode construction formats and things like that. But the good place is like, the good place is what happens when you get a bunch of really, really smart people in a room who are also very funny and they throw everything they have at every episode and just burn through all of their great ideas early and don't hold anything back. And the show lasts for multiple years and just continues to get more and more emotional and hilarious and uh, sprawling and ambitious as it goes on. And, and it's kind of a miracle of a TV show. So uh, I, I actually stayed away from this show, I think for the entire first season, like I, I saw the the previews, like the little, uh, you know, TV spots on NBC or whatever. And it was kind of like, I, I don't know about this premise, but um, after that, that first season got such glowing reviews, I gave it a shot and was like, holy shit, I cannot believe I've been missing out on the show. And it's become one of my favorite things on TV. So uh, the good place. How about it? Yeah. yeah full, full support, especially because too, like for all the reasons you said, you know, just to, to specifically mention, this is the rare occasion where a comedy has compelling and surprising twists and turns that rival some of some of the biggest twists, you know, in ser- like serious dramatic shows and movies. It's mm-hmm. it's inc- it's incredible how they keep, uh, you know, pulling things out from under you. Speaking of our discussion about Lost before, uh, The Good Place is basically Lost as a sitcom, and it's great. It takes all that high ambition and that high emotion, and turns it into a really just fantastic TV series, a uh, TV comedy. So. Go the good place. This is the one to come on his list that Peter would vote for if he's watched it. I, I have seen the first episode and I didn't like it, which is why I didn't continue. But I, I know enough people love this show that I'm, I'm okay with it, this being on the list. All right. Locking in the good place. So here's what we want to do for round two. We've gone through all the ones. Let's go through and nominate a movie to, uh, sorry, a show to eliminate from this list to now. Starting with HD. Oh. All right. Well, I am going to nominate a series that I know is going to get no um, support because I'm the only one who's watched it, and that's Goblin. I wanted to include one K-drama when I was uh, making my list, and uh, Goblin is my favorite K-drama ever, probably. Um, I've talked about it before. It's a uh, romance fantasy series that follows Gong Yu, who you might be recognized from Train to Busan, as a... uh, warrior from medieval Korea who uh, gets turned into a goblin, a mythical, like, immortal creature uh, as punishment for his, uh, the thousands of people that he killed on the battlefield. And he spends the rest of his days acting as sort of a guardian angel to humans and waiting for his, uh, this mythical goblin's bride who will come and release him from the curse. And he meets that person in the form of a high school girl who uh, has the ability to see ghosts. And it's a comedy as well as a romance, as well as some fantasy adventure. It's really great. It's really moving. And, um, highly ambitious for a K-drama. So I just wanted to give a shout out. I know this is not a show that uh, any of you guys have seen, but um, if you guys ever do want to get into K-dramas, Goblin is a great one. Well, thanks for following on the sword, HG, because I would have eliminated that if you didn't. It's all right. Uh, I know. <laughs> all right, Chris, what doesn't belong on this list? Uh, Goblin. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> by, by the way, I love how we didn't even give anybody, like, the chance to stick up for HD and keep that movie. Yeah, it, thanks, guys. Well, you have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly have already forgotten what it's about. I don't thanks, remember guys. the name. <laughs> uh, hmm. Uh, b- 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 what should I cut? 
should I be mean and cut someone else's show? <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> uh, I know this is going to get pushed back, but I'm going to do it anyway. Let's cut Cobra Kai. That, that is literally one of my top two shows. I will fight you. I'll fight you in an alleyway with a here. knife. I'm trying to mix things up. I know, I know Peter will fight for this, but... He'll fight you with no mercy, too. Yes. I'm going to put it out there. No mercy, no surrender. Your leg has been swept, Chris. <sighs> my, reason for cutting this, my, my reason for wanting to cut this is because I don't care. But you haven't even seen it. You haven't given exactly. it a chance. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like us trying to cut people's shows that they haven't seen makes no sense. Like, I would not go after something like I don't have an opinion on. Listen, Peter, this is the this is the real world. Like, I totally I, I totally understand you like not wanting Westworld to be there. You you saw it and you made an opinion about it, but you haven't even given this a chance. All right, all right. I'll pick something else. I was just trying to get this. <laughs> I was trying to get the juices flowing, make this more exciting. But all right. Like, I've already come. To, I've, already, I've already accepted the fact that Cobra Kai is going to be on this list, but I'm going to make Peter fight for it and sacrifice <laughs> something else for it. <laughs> yes, well done. Here, uh, all right, this is something I have watched and I don't care for, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to suggest it, and that is Narcos, which is fine. It is a fine show, but I would never assume this to be one of the best of the decade. It is a very watchable Netflix series, and that's that's as far as I would take it. Narcos does not belong on this list. Narcos is so compelling. Have you watched it, Jacob? I watched the first season and gave up after that. <sighs> okay. Uh, you know what? If Narcos is not going to be on this list, then Cobra Kai should be on the list. Yeah, let's make the deal. <laughs> Cut Narcos and you can add Cobra Kai. I'm making the deal now, Jacob. <laughs> All right, next time we, you can nominate a movie. I said, no, nominate a show. I keep saying movie, damn it. Uh, next time you nominate a, 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 a show. You can nominate Cobra Kai, and you will have Chris's support. That's the deal. Yes, I agree to that. As long as we're cutting Narcos. Uh, fine. Does anybody else want to say a word for Narcos? Because, quite frankly, I thought it was – I agree with Chris. It is fine. It is not bad TV. I can't imagine it being top 25. I think the first two seasons of Narcos are incredible television. Like, And I don't know. It, it's. I, I know not enough people have seen it here. I'm so, why did you give up on the, after the first season, Jacob? I feel like I've. I think Don Winslow's novels are doing this, but better. And I feel like, I, I for example, the, the um the the border and the cartel. I read them around the same time that you know the show was going strong at its height. And I kept thinking, man, this is like a watered down version of what could be. And they keep on trying to make those books, movies, and TV. And it's unfair, but I just know that Narcos felt like a missed opportunity for telling those kinds of stories based on what I knew was already out there. And that, that's maybe unfair, but that's my reasoning. Fine. <laughs> All right. So it comes to me to cut something. And this is this is tough because there's a lot of shows in here that I think are legit great. So I know I'm going to hit somebody's personal, like, special favorite. Um, okay. I am going to go after a very big show, and that's The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, no. Ooh. Ooh. I have, I have actually not watched this. So I can't hey, seen you know, it either. It's funny because I've seen the first season and I really liked the first season, but then I had no interest in watching more and I think it's fine. I think this show is just, I don't know, it's so different from everything else out there though. And I, I have a special place for it because uh, it's based in the world of stand-up comedy. I think it's very sharp and fa fast-paced both in dialogue and just the general progression of the, uh, the main character story, Mrs. Maisel. I think the entire cast is outstanding in it. 
I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the show is so good. There's a reason it's won so many Emmys. And, like, that's not to say that awards are the only indication of how good a show is. Uh, but it's it really is a fantastic show. Okay. In that case, I'll cut a show I actively dislike. This is all set up to get this one out of here immediately, and that's New Girl. Oh. Ah, well, you know what? I kind of... <laughs> I like Frazzled HD. <laughs> you know i kind of figured this would get targeted i think new girl is a great sitcom and it's way more than the sort of quirky late 2000s leftovers that the first season is um because once it gets over the twee uh comedy of zoe deschanel it starts to become this great ensemble cast uh, especially with some of the bigger performances by Jake Johnson and um, Lamorne Morris. And it's so funny, but it does have its ups and downs. I think that it's, it's a show that really like um, represented the 2010s for me though. And, um, but it's a Sam Toto with Brooklyn nine, nine and the good place. Yeah. See, that's, that's where I'm as because I'm with, with HT. I do also enjoy a new girl and that the ensemble cast in it is fantastic. Um, I feel like, I mean, Jake Johnson wouldn't be a star today if it wasn't for, for New Girl. But I feel like the the valleys in this show are too big to have the peaks overlook them. And it, it just does not match up with some of the better comedies we have on this list. You're right. But also, I love New Girl. And <laughs> I, I have a, I, for me, it has as much rewatch value as Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But I understand, I guess. Thanks for sticking up with me, Brad. You got it. Fine. <laughs> All right, HD, I'm, I'm going to cut it. Do you want to say one last goodbye? R.I.P. New Girl, Jane Johnson, Nick Miller, you're the best. <laughs> best it's boy. Gone. I'm it's sure gone. they're can't, listening. Can't hear you anymore. It's gone. <laughs> okay, uh, Brad, it's your turn to kill something. Okay, Peter, I know you were complaining because Chris hadn't seen a show that you watched and he tried to cut, but I'm going to cut one of your shows that I have seen and – I'm sorry, it has no place on this list whatsoever. And that's Penn and Teller's Fool Us. I, I will uh, also fight for that one. That is literally, like, that, this, this, that is hold, my hold top on, hold three. On, hold on. This is this is very niche for you because it's about magic. But this is a low-budget game show with a terrible host in Allison Hannigan. Well, first and, of all, the first uh, two, three seasons were actually Jonathan Ross, who is a much better host. That's fine. It's got it's 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 worse now, and it's the the premise is interesting enough for people who are into magic, but it's there's nothing about it that the production quality is low. It's it's not all that thrilling. But I, I, I would I'm, say I'm, I'm more entertained I'm more, by that than I am I'm, the good place. I'm more I'm more interested in the tricks themselves than the show. If if I could watch a YouTube series that was just these tricks, I would I would love it, and I would I would maybe even. But let the you tricks have aren't it. What, what's good about the show. The show is that people come onto the show and try to fool Penn and Teller, and after they perform, which is an amazing performance, they get a critique that is not only just a critique, but also like them trying to prove that they know how it worked, and that yes. that is what is compelling about the show. The it's not like it's interesting. The premise not, is interesting. The show but, is but bad. It, I was not expecting this to be the show that elicited this much like li- literally. I, I think this would be in my top two of the last decade that's sad because the premise is bad <laughs> and the quality is low <laughs> listen i haven't seen this show i just want to say i do not appreciate this allison hannigan slander on this show i, she, I like she, allison. She, she's hey, bad I like allison too she's a bad host she, on this show she's though. the worst right. part of the show all right i'm gonna move panteles fool us into um in discussion so i think at some point Peter's gonna be forced to pick and choose some of these and we'll see what happens like peter uh between westworld cobra kai and penn and teller 
Which one would you kill? Uh, honestly, Westworld. All right, we'll, we'll come back to that discussion later. I just want to get that out there. Okay. So, Brad, please something else. I'd like to cut Penn and Teller's fool us. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, what else do I want to cut? Um, I. I would like to cut terriers. Oh, and much like much like the reason Chris wanted to cut Cobra Kai, it's because I don't care. <laughs> Terriers is is great. I, I mean, it only lasted one season, but it's yeah. very good. I, I was going to suggest this next one next. I love Terriers, but it's not even one seasoning. It's like what is it like four or five episodes? No, it's a full thirteen yeah. episode one it? season. They got yeah. one season and then uh, they, it was canceled. Yeah, I, I put this on my list. I thought it it was a tremendous show. Um, Brian I Johnson. Mean, I, yeah, he directed an episode. It was from the creator, uh, the writer of uh, Ocean's Eleven, and and Donald Logue and Michael Raymond James played like these uh, sort of like alcoholic criminal PI guys in San Diego, and it's uh, it's so good. It's it's one of those shows that was really really poorly marketed at the time. It came out I think in 2010. So I would not be surprised if a lot of our listeners have never even heard of the show. But um, it, it is so good; it's definitely worth uh, watching. I I put it on this list knowing full well that it was never going to make it on our group list of the top 25. But um, I just wanted to give it a shout out. And I think the chemistry between those two leads is, uh, you know, the the overarching plot is interesting, but the chemistry between those two guys is, is really the, the heart of the show and what makes it really, really worth watching. But uh, And, and yeah. the writing was so good on it. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I, I feel like this show, as beloved as it is, being a one-season show really does damage to it belonging on a big group list like this. Yeah, even though I would argue that it's a, it's maybe better off because it's a one season show because it's such good quality all the way across and and it didn't have the opportunity to stumble like some of these other shows may have. But uh, yeah, uh, farewell terriers. All right, so next up the cut, uh, Peter, get revenge for from targeting your shows. Uh, oh, this is tough because I was gonna go after t- I was gonna say terriers even even though I liked it uh, and put it on my list. Um. What should I go after? Uh, this, this is tough, guys. A lot because the, the thing is, a lot of this list are shows I have not seen, and I'm not. You know what? I'm gonna go after. I'm gonna go after Glow, which was on my list. Um, I think it has one and a half good seasons. I I, I think it really falls in the, this this when it went to Las Vegas. Um, I'm not sure. I really am doubtful that there is any gas left in this. Like, I know you guys say, uh, you know, say that the season two of Westworld was was bad, but this is so like Westworld season two is bad. But like that season three trailer, I think thinks like I think most of us are convinced to watch it. Like, it seems like there's promise there. I don't think Glow has any promise. And it was such a great beginning. Yeah. Season three. I didn't hate it, but it's also I could not stop watching season one and two. I was so into the characters, so into the story. Season three was like, oh, I guess I, I guess I should watch Glow now. <laughs> and I, I, after season three, I cannot support Glow being on this list. So I'm with Peter. Same. Uh, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> uh, Glow, Glow is great, but also I I care very little about anything today. So. <laughs> Let's cut it. Let's throw it in the trash. Get out of here. <laughs> okay, I'm cutting Glow. It's like Glow season two is maybe one of my favorite Netflix seasons of all time, but sorry, Glow. All right, uh, uh, next up is uh, Ben. What are you going to cut? Um, 
I'm going to propose something that I think is going to get some pushback, probably from Peter, but uh, that seems to be how these things are going these days. So um, I'm going to suggest that we cut Fargo. Um, I know Peter loves that show. I thought the first season of Fargo is one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen. Like, not, you know, take the decade out of the equation, uh, period. Wait, wouldn't that be enough to put it on the list? It's not, though, because there are multiple, you know, there are subsequent seasons that are so, uh, that pale, uh, that, that um, you know, don't, that cannot pick up that baton in a successful way that it retroactively, when you, when because that's the thing about this list, right? That's what makes it so difficult is you have to look at the show as a holistic thing. It's not just season two. It's not just justified season two, because otherwise that show would be on here. If we were picking, you know, individual seasons, yeah. I would say, you know, I, I would say Fargo would be like at or very near the top of my list because that first season is so incredible. And then the second and third season are just kind of like, OK, and, you know, fine, not really all that great in the third season. So and it has, you know, actors I actually I love like the and, third and season the one with uh, Kirsten Dunst and uh, Ewan McGregor. Or is that the that's second? The, no, no Kirsten that's Kirsten Dunst and Patrick Wilson and Jesse Plemons are in the second season. Uh, Ewan McGregor and Mary Elizabeth Winstead are in the third season. OK, yeah. Um, and I just I don't know. It, it's one of those shows that like I loved the the audacity of, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a terrible idea. And the first season proved me so wrong in that. And then the second and third season kind of were like, oh, well, this is not as good. Maybe they maybe this should have been a one and done kind of thing. So I think holistically looking at the show, I just don't I don't think it belongs on a, a best overall shows of the decade list. I agree with Ben. I will say this. I, I did look at a lot of other people's lists, not to say that that should be used as leverage in any way of the best of decade. And Fargo was consistently in the top 10, 15 of most people's lists. Yeah, but this is our list, Peter. I know. Don't, I know, don't you want to be original? I do want to be original. That's why we should have Penn and Teller's Fools. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I agree with you, Chris. See, I, I think we've made the case. Right, case close. Uh, I'm ready for a plot twist. Uh, I agree with Peter. Fargo shouldn't be cut yet. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. All so right. it's come to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, here's I the thing. I what you say about uh, season three, P- uh, Ben, but season two is good. I mean, yeah, it's okay. I don't know. I'll go I, further uh, and say I don't like any seasons of this show, not even oh, the wow. first one. Really? I feel like I, it's someone who watched a bunch of Coen Brothers movies and missed the point on all of them and was just like ah i'll i'll just do that it's quirky and did, did you watch all three seasons i uh i actually did not watch the third but i watched the first and second and i that was enough for me i, I think I the performances in the show are incredible the music like is one of the best scores of on television yeah but the, the music is borrowing heavily from carter burwell's score for the movie so can you really like count that i actually think it's quite original if you actually listen to uh i forget the guy's name he was part of like a band or something and he became a composer but it, it's right it's very different actually i think all right ben kill something else because fargo lives on <laughs> okay um i am going to kill man this is tough um because i haven't <laughs> seen a lot of these things and there are some shows on here that I love that I want to leave around for later. So, um, God, uh, yeah, how am I supposed to do? Uh, uh, okay, um, American Crime Story, uh, the People versus O.J. Simpson, I think should not be on this list. I, I did watch the first, um, I don't know, six episodes of this, five or six episodes or something, and uh, was so bored by it. I thought the performances were 
largely awful. I think there's some bright spots in it, um, but I thought the it was like a hysterical show in the worst sense. Um, Ryan Murphy is kind of the worst, and um, yeah, I don't think it belongs on a best of the decade list. Uh, who, who wants to fight me on that? Uh, I would fight you because I picked it because it's phenomenal, and you are wrong. I'm about to say, Ben, you're wrong. Yeah. First of all, Ryan Murphy did not write this. Season. Even though it's it's under his yeah. banner, he didn't write the season. It, it, it actually mostly... feels very unlike Ryan Murphy, like the entire show. But I, I would say what John Travolta is doing in the, in the show, I'm not even sure what he's doing, but it, John it's Travolta great. Is, it's is great. Awful. <laughs> I think I think I think it's so fantastically bad but great. But I don't know. I I thought this was like a bad idea to begin with and then I watched it and it was just amazing to me how they took this story and, you know, they played up the, you know, the, the racial elements and, and uh, the, they focused on pretty much every single person involved with the case. It wasn't just like a one-sided thing. And the characters were drawn complexly and, you know, they could have easily made Johnny Cochran into this like goofy caricature. And they actually took the time to go into his backstory and explain where he was coming from. And I don't know. And, uh, What's that actor's name? I can't remember. He's in Waves and he's on This Is Us. He's oh, Sterling K. K. Brown. Right. He is. He plays uh, Christopher Darden and he is so good. This is the first thing I'd ever saw him in. And his performance just floored me at how good he was. And I was like, who is this guy? And why is he not in everything? And now he kind of is in everything. So I think it worked. But <laughs> I don't know, Ben. Here's my here's my question. I like People vs. O.J. Simpson. I enjoyed it. I, I, can, I think it belongs in the conversation, not necessarily on the list. I'm not opposed to it, but there's the fact that literally no one on earth other than Chris watched the second season, the season of Johnny Versace. I did. I so, did, and I didn't like that it. That was good, too. It was good. I didn't think it was as good as OJ, but I don't think no. it was terrible. It was, no. like, good TV. I'll admit I saw the first three episodes and give up. <laughs> it was like Narcos. Uh, Narcos <laughs> is binge-worthy. H- that show was like, uh, I don't care about so- this. So it does, this, this season two good, damage season one here. Yeah, this isn't a good TV list. This is the right. greatest show yeah, in the top but are, are, are we considering this on I its own, or is this great. American uh, crime Versace story? is good, and I think those two together makes it deserving to be, at least in the conversation, perhaps in the top 25. And I think, yeah, I think it's... it's I uh, also feel like we should be able to take in consideration anthology shows like this, because... Yeah, they, they're both considered American crime stories, but they're not the same show. The characters aren't the same. It's, it's they have a different name. different thing. Right, Jacob, I'm you're going to have to rule on this, yeah. I'm moving into in discussion. Uh, ben, go off your target number three, because clearly nothing wanted to die at your hands. Wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. Before he goes on, I, I, I want to get your clarification on this, Jacob. Yes. Is American Crime Story nominated, or is it American Crime Story, the O.J. Simpson story that's nominated? American Crime Story needs to, be, needs to include all seasons because it is the same show, the same title. Uh, but it's uh, not the same show. See, I, I might but, not agree anymore that this should be on there. Then. <laughs> I, I think I, I think we have to consider all American Crime Story. I mean, if it was a miniseries with, with it didn't have American Crime Story in the title, that'd be one thing. But it's being sold and packaged as the same show, and I think we need to. I think it's important for us to consider. Hmm. All right, let me think. Um, how about I'm just gonna kill one that I put on here because I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Uh, Man Seeking Woman. I love this show so much. Uh, I, I feel like it's wildly underseen. Uh, Jay Baruchel stars in this thing. It was on FXX for three years, but really nobody ever talked about it. But 
I thought it was one of the smartest and funniest uh, shows about relationships, uh, especially of you know people around our age, like the late twenties, early thirties, whatever. Um, that I think has ever been on TV. I think uh, it is it is so funny in, in like all of the best sort of uh, absurdist ways. Not not like um, it, it's absurdist while also keeping uh, a strong sense of uh of like a narrative reality and and like truth to its characters it's basically like a lot of um like uh visions and uh and sort of um like off the wall uh like visualizations of strange concepts um within these very realistic relationships and i think uh it, yeah it's a really great show eric andre is really funny as as Baruchel's best friend in it so i just want to give a shout out to that but i know this one doesn't ha- isn't going to have enough support to make it on there Ben, I'm actually really bummed that you decided to give this one up because I agree that this show is fantastic and at least deserves some attention because it, it really is very clever in its approach to relationships and how it adds that absurd element to it. I figured it would just be you and me, Brad, and I, I kind of assumed that wouldn't be enough, but I'm glad that you like it too. <laughs> All right. Before we move on to another rotation, I want to make a proposal. Looking at the genres available here, there are three horror shows on this list, and I like all three of them. I like all three of them because they are like the antidote to American American Horror Story, which is garbage. Uh, those shows are Hannibal, The Haunting of Hill House, and Penny Dreadful. I'm going to propose Hannibal, Hannibal, Hannibal. I'm going to propose that Hannibal and Hill House go on the list, and Penny Dreadful get taken off. Ooh, no! I want them all on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Jacob's assessment. Penny Dreadful so good. I, I haven't seen Penny Dreadful, so I can't weigh in. But I'm just gonna you say Hannibal. Oh, okay. yeah. I feel Penny like Dreadful HT would love good. it. I yeah, did not probably would. Penny Dreadful is super super good. I just feel like in terms of horror TV of the decade, Hill House and Hannibal are untouchable, and Penny Dreadful. Also, why aren't we considering a uh, Black Mirror on that horror group? Oh, I think I think that's science fiction, but okay. Was it, was it, what, 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 I know Chris is opposed to Penny Dreadful going. But would everybody agree to Hill House and Hannibal belonging on this list, at least? Yes. 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 Sure. Right. I haven't seen either of them, but uh, go for it. <laughs> Hannibal is so good, Ben. Yeah. It is very disturbing, though. Don't ever binge watch it because I did that once and I got sick. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, but it is just so striking and eerie and haunting and incredibly addicting to watch. Yeah, the fact that it was like on network TV is amazing because they get away with some extremely graphic stuff so it's really graphic yeah. Yeah. yeah and it does feel compromised like, i think so many network shows that like play themselves as being extreme are kind of like oh you're extreme for cbs or you're extreme for nbc or Hannibal could have aired an hbo untouched and it would have been still the gnarliest yeah. most upsetting under your skin horror show of the decade and wasn't yeah. that because it wasn't produced by cbs it was like sold to cbs and they had to it was, distribute it, was it? NBC, nbc but yeah or, uh, yeah yeah, yeah, Hannibal is a singular thing. It is, I think, and Hill House are both like examples of horror television that really push the boundaries of not just like you know content, but in terms of how you can tell horror stories on, in, in an episodic format. So I think they belong on the list. Nice. All right, so I'm gonna put well, and I'll, I'll move Pain Dreadful into in discussion because I agree with Chris. I think Pain Dreadful is a really, really good show. I just don't think it's going to get garnered the same level of support as those two, which were <laughs> widely watched. Let's cut it now. Because uh, apparently uh, no one else will go to bat for it because no one else has really seen it. So I'm I'm fine if you want to cut it now. Uh, Chris, do you want to say a quick eulogy for it? Uh, Penny Dreadful is a delightful, gothic, sexy, wonderful show with Eva Green 
turning in a phenomenal performance and the show never found the audience it deserves and it really should have because it's it's so so good i love you penny dreadful marry me (laughs) jacob i I hate to mention this but there is another horror tv show on this list oh no what i miss stranger things Oh, that's sci-fi. Yeah, that's sci-fi. That, that's sci-fi. Some that's elements. horror. That's there's trying to horror, be Stephen there's King. Some horror, there's some horror elements to it, but it's mostly sci-fi. All right. Um, you know what? I'm gonna, before we get back to rotation, I think Stranger Things is on this list, guys. Just, yes. just put it there. Yes, agreed. Yep. I, I think season two is not yeah, great, but say, season like, three mm-hmm. is great, and season one is very good. Yeah, I think like even with some of the dips in qualities for Stranger Things, you can't deny its cultural cultural impact. So I yeah. think it's regardless going to be on the list. Yeah, you can make the Game of Thrones argument for it. And even though I'm not as big on it as some of you guys are, like I know Chris loved season three. I know uh, Peter and and Brad were big on it. Uh, ben, where do you fall on Stranger Things? I honestly can't remember. Uh, loved the first season and thought season two was a pretty big misfire, but then came back around and loved season three. So I, I think this should be on there too. Yeah, I think Stranger Things belongs on this list, guys. So I'm, I'm going to move it up there unless anybody yells at me right now. All right, so we have we, we have ten, we have ten films on this list now, or ten freaking shows, not films. <laughs> so we, we we podcast for four hours about movies. Okay, uh, let's, let's go back to the order of, of picking ones to add to the list. So starting with HT, what should go on this list next? I am going to go for American Vandal, a TV show that shouldn't work and yet delivers one of the most authentic depictions of high school uh, society and, t- and peer pressure. It basically is a an extended SNL bit. It's the first season is a mockumentary about um, these uh, AV club kids who are trying to find the this vandal who vandalized a bunch of penises on the car on on a bunch of cars. And it evolves into something that basically is a wonderful microcosm of high school drama and uh, gives you an emotional gut punch at the end. And it is fantastic. Season two is just as good. Um, and I am still upset that Netflix canceled it. Great show. Deserves to be on the best of the decade. Oh, HC, you have my sword. This show is so much more than a dick joke. It is so funny. And then ultimately so profoundly moving in ways I did not expect. This is in my list for sure. Yeah. I love this show. Has anybody here not seen American Vandal who can or does not like it? I love uh, season one, I and I started watching season two and kind of gave up on that. But season one was great. I didn't finish season one, but I liked it. If that makes sense, and I haven't watched season two. <laughs> All right, I think it sounds like we have the support to bump it up there. So, welcome to the list, American Vandal. Uh, Chris, you are up next. Uh, we're nominating things to go on the list now, right? Uh, yep. All right, and I'm going to go with BoJack Horseman, which is another show like Better Call Saul, that really shouldn't work because it's, you know, a it looks on the surface like a silly cartoon about uh, animal people. And <laughs> I sort of avoided it when it first came out for this very reason. And then I, on a whim, I just sort of binged through the first season after it had been out for a while. And the first season, I will say, the first few episodes are a little shaky because it doesn't really reveal what it is. And then it turns into pretty much like the best depiction of depression and anxiety that i've i've ever seen and the fact that it's a cartoon with again animal people that manages to portray this so accurately and so authentically is is mind-blowing and it's also just a great show in general the the scripts are really clever the way they they craft the seasons and 
Uh, it just gets better and better. I'm, I'm sad to see it, it's, it's almost over, but it's, um, uh, aside from those first few episodes, I think every, every episode since has been consistently great. I said in the podcast a few weeks ago, this is maybe the best animated TV show, best animated American TV show of all time. And I still stand by that. Uh, I, this belongs on a list. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Has anybody here seen BoJack or has not seen it, but want to argue against it? Has anyone have any reservations here? You guys rave about so much that I I have not seen seen it. it. Yeah. I, I support it even though I haven't seen it. Okay, let's get BoJack on this list, because I was going to pick this next, but <laughs> Chris beat me to it. Oh, goodness, it's back to me in the rotation. Um, okay, this is, we're, get, we're getting really interesting. I like most of the shows on the list now. Um, can I propose, actually, one cut and one keep, because they're both connected? Do it. There are two shows produced by Alec Berg on this list. Barry, which is a, a pitch-black Bill Hader comedy about a hitman who wants to be an actor, and it ends up being one of the most harrowing shows of the decade and there's Silicon Valley which is very funny but it oh has no what are you going to cut <laughs> Barry should be on this list Silicon Valley has been too hit and miss especially in the back half of his run yes I support this 100% I really really liked watching Silicon Valley but I also agree that it it felt super repetitive as a as a series as a whole um, I think the, the final season was pretty good um but i i think there's so much uh the the problem here is that silicon valley had too many seasons it it started too early for this list like if it had started you know uh last year or the year before or something i think we could be making the case that it should be on here but because it had enough time to uh to stumble a little bit i think um I, i think your your suggestion makes a lot of sense jacob i think uh the second season of barry is even better than season one and silicon valley just sort of like it was like a small uptick after uh, a little bit of a decline, you know? My, my yeah, only for... hesitation here is, like, I think if we voted on this, at, like, when Silicon Valley was in its second season, we would all agree it needs to be on there. Like, Barry's in the second season. But, like, it, it had time to stumble, and I agree it did stumble. And I'm fine with it not being there. But, like, you know, what if season three and four of Barry stump? Like, we have put that on the list. Yeah, because it's the 2010s. That's yeah. the that's the arbitrary date things. That's not our fault. That the that <laughs> yeah, it's it our fault. We came up with the arbitrary year. date. <laughs> I would argue that uh, Silicon Valley's best season is not as good as Barry's worst episode. Hmm. I agree. Uh, I, th- I haven't I think seen I agree Silicon Valley, so I will support Barry. The only thing I've seen in Silicon Valley is whenever my friends who watch it show me a clip, they always show me the same ones. And it's the one clip of every of them writing a formula about jerking people off. And I've <laughs> seen that clip like five times and I've never seen any other episode of the show. It's the best scene in the show. It's from the first season, which I think is indicative of something. Yeah, I agree. All right. So I'm locking Barry into our list. So can we all look, I'm not saying Silicon Valley is a bad show. I'm to be saying that compared to the competition, still not even picked yeah. for the list yet. I don't think it's as good as the shows surrounding it on the list. I- I'm fine with it going, but uh, I think some people listening to this podcast are probably screaming at their podcasts. <laughs> All right. Well, Silicon Valley, we, we like you. We just don't love you. Okay. Uh, Brad, you're up next. <clears throat> this is tough. Because uh, I feel like looking at the list we already have so far, there's going to be uh, a lot of shows that of mine that are going to end up cut because people just don't respect comedy enough. 
We've got some, we've gotten some comedy on there already. There's two comedies on the list. Give me a wait. Break. What, what are you talking about? There's Better Call Saul. There's The Good Place. Better Call Saul is not like a straight up comedy either. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine and The Good Place are the only two straight up comedies on this list. We lost out when we American when we Vandal. Left you, girl. Bo- Bojack Horseman, American Vandal. There's a lot of comedy here. Bojack Horseman's too depressing. American Vandal is a documentary. <laughs> These aren't comedies. No, I'm oh. kidding. You're, you're right. You're right. No, no, you are. You are right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to complain because I love comedy. But I, I, I do see where you're looking. It's probably there's going to be some comedies cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to go with Nathan for you um, because I think that this is an extremely unique show that really uh, makes a point of creating a mockery of the trend of all these uh, fix it up business advice. Uh, you know, help shows, uh, and it does it in such a brilliant, subversive way because Nathan uh, Fielder is such an incredible comedian for being able to play this character that feels real and grounded. That he's able to trick all these people, and this is a show that that penetrated the zeitgeist without us knowing it until this show came out. There are, are a couple bits in this series that we didn't even learn were things that Nathan for you had done until the show aired and the show is just is is so funny and original and i think that nathan fielder is a, a brilliant comedian he, do, he does things that almost border on uh an andy kaufman eccentricity and uh and comedy level so i i, I love the show so much and i hope that you guys want to support it too i am in full support of this this was going to be my next pick on, on this list uh, I, I think the show is brilliant i think that finale which was released kind of like as a tv movie is it should have been nominated on the best movies like it, it is this show is so good it's so funny it's so clever uh and uh nathan is a member of the magic castle and would probably vote for pen and teller for us just saying <laughs> well in that case i can't support it but no okay um, nathan, for you, this show um as brad pointed out uh isn't just a funny show it's so indicative of the decade itself this is a show that could not exist in any other decade and for that reason i think i really have to throw my weight behind it as well Does anybody here actively dislike it or not like it or think it doesn't belong? I've never seen it. Kind of thought it was fine. I I didn't watch the whole thing, though, so maybe I just caught uh, a handful of decent episodes. But, um, yeah, you guys love it so much, I feel like it should be on there. Brad, what is your favorite episode of Nathan for you? Oh, gosh. That is is a good question. Um, Man, I don't know. I really have to think about that. I mean... I can't pick one. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. You, you, caught, you caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Peter, you're up next to pick a show to keep. Oh, this is hard because uh, I was going to pick Nathan for you. Uh, I guess I'm going to jump up to the end discussion. I think it's now is is the time. And I think I, I'm going to fight for Cobra Kai because, you know, it, it deserves someone to fight for it. This is a show that shouldn't work. Like, honestly, when the trailer started coming out, out for it, like, this is a show produced by YouTube with a low budget that, like, is below what it should be. Uh, when the trailer came out for it, I thought it looked like a joke. I was, like, not looking forward to this, despite being a fan of Karate Kid. Um, this is a show that I wasn't even intending to watch. Uh, some friends of mine who had watched it were convinced me to see it. Uh, I have now watched that first season, I think, six times. <laughs> Uh, it's so clever. I know it, it uses like that whole Patton Oswald uh, bit of you know t- showing Karate Kid from Johnny's point of view, but it, it is such a clever way of 
you know, returning to these characters while introducing a new set of heroes. It it, it is it's a show that I wish more of you have seen, and I know you're probably not going to watch it at this point because I've pitched it enough and you guys aren't watching it but i i feel like it's a show that ht would like the new generation and kids is like you know uh it's like mean girls or like whatever and the, the uh it has that kind of like fun kid soapiness and uh i just thought the karate kid was fine you don't need to care about the karate kid that's the thing about this is that it, like uses that as backstory but it 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 it, it is a whole new story it's not trying it's not a it is a legacy equal but it's not one of those that is trying to retell the story it's the thing i love about the show probably the most is honestly every episode you think something's going to happen and it cleverly subverts your expectations of where it's going in an interesting way and not just to do it to subvert it but to in, in just i don't know surprising and interesting ways uh Season two is not as good as season one. I'll admit that, but it weaves things off in a way that I think is going to be very compelling for the future of the the series. Uh, I don't know. Every, everybody I have shown this show to like agrees it is incredible, uh, but I, I it, it's hard it's hard on this list to fight for things that it's only a show that you have seen all of. Do okay. I mean? Yeah, Peter. Here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to. Tell the audience and everyone else listening, including uh, our fellow writers on this on the podcast, <laughs> that Cobra Kai means a lot to you. It, it means a lot to you in a way that yeah. Star Wars The Force Awakens meant a lot to you on our movie list. And for that reason, I have to support it because this list is our list and you are part of this list and you are part of this site. And not having Cobra Kai on this list would not represent you. And I think of all things on this list, it is the one that's most important to you. So I will support you as long as you cut fucking Penn and Teller. <laughs> Why, why, wait, why does it have to be Penn & Teller? Because that's the uh, worst show that you're supporting right you now. You have not. You've seen like two episodes, Brad, and that's like been like the no, worst Peter, episodes. Peter, you've, you've watched episodes almost every time that I've visited you during the summer. Yeah, like that's literally two episodes. They're you, all and, the same. They're they, all the same. They aren't. Penn every episode the same. Let me tell you this about Penn & Teller. It, it's not easy to make in, – in a world where there's CG and you can make anything possible on the screen, it's not easy to make people interested in a magic show. Most magic shows fail. Um, the Penn and Teller on the summer is the biggest show on CW, and the fact that like it is no, it, no, it is because like I've CW actually summer. has big ratings. I've like, been the summer, whatever. Like it, 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 this show has gone how many seasons? Like six, seven, eight, something like that. So, so has the Price Is Right. Oh, yes, but it's okay. This, look, this, look, this is look. This is going to be my final word on this. This is a game show. There, the only good thing about it are the magic tricks, and the magic tricks exist. It's not the show, no, but that, no, that, that's not even the most interesting part. That's not even the interesting part of the I'm show. It is. It is. It's the only thing that's interesting about this show. It's because they're showing magic tricks that are good to Penn and Teller. The show itself is poorly produced. It's low quality. It's repetitive. It's a game show. It does not belong on a best of the decade list period in my mind it does and it, the best part of the show is not it, part of it is the magic tricks but the best part of the show is Penn and teller and their critique like that is what makes it mostly compelling that that is what is made that show like one of the most watched shows on cw uh, like it is it their... doesn't make the show good it doesn't make the show good 
Peter, you got to know that Penn and Teller School Us and Cobra Kai are not going to be on this I, final I, list. I, right? I'm going I'm to fight for it. But because but th- those are like on, honestly, even... I think if you picked my if you had my top two of the last decade, I think those would be it. I like, right, literally... but like you know, the, the purpose of a group list is not just to force the the but individual. I don't, but, but I don't think anybody else on this thing will have any f- show in their top five that is not on this list. Peter, I've uh, watched a fair amount of Penn and Teller School Us. I watch it on YouTube, actually. I watch it while I work out because I think it's really good for YouTube clips, like an eight-minute segment while I'm on the treadmill or on the bike. It's actually really good. It's not a bad show. I'm just looking at the rest of the of the list and things that we're all rallying around and things that like really matter. And I think Cobra Kai matters. It is the flagship show for, for YouTube. It is... A bold idea executed in a way that makes you and fans happy. It's one over a lot of people. I think Cobra Kai belongs on this list in, in a way that and it, it, it genuinely feels like the next evolution of what a TV show can be in terms of a reboot, cool, legacy, sequel, whatever. I, I, would on, argue, on I, I would argue the same thing about Penn and Teller's Full House. It, it is an answer. You guys, it is an antidote. I never heard of Penn and Teller's Full House until you had just told us. Yeah, during this episode, <laughs> that's fine. I just but say that. You don't have a television. Jacob was trying so hard to reason with you, Peter, no. and be kind and he understand. Kind I, I know he's being kind, but I, I, I'm really fighting for this one because this is an antidote to reality competition shows. This this is this is a bold not, like retail. It, it is. This it is. is a reality competition show. That's it is, what it but is. it's not doing what AGT or or American Idol or any of those things. It, it, is, yes, it, is. it, it is. It is a. No, it is a re- it, it, instead of it being like this competition where only one wins. This this rewards people on their merits. It it celebrates their talents. Like it, it is. You just describe infinitely many reality competition shows. There's the only thing different about this is that you love magic. No, it isn't because no, be, no, because American Idol or or America's Got Talent or any of those shows are. The the competition is in the drama of the people competing and people voting, and this is not about that. This this changes it entirely. All right. I want to add that I also have never heard of this show. I've heard of the the their bullshit show, but I have never once heard of this. And I feel like that alone makes this sort of like <laughs> we we we, we got to move on. We got to keep moving. We're running long on Pandora's Fool Us. So Peter, can you either? Either make the deal of keeping Cobra Kai and cutting Penn and Teller or nominate something else because we got to keep this rolling. Uh, okay, I nominate Penn and Teller's Fool Us. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. All right. You know what? Here's, 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 I'm going I'm to make this offer. Jacob, you will be the one who makes the, this determining factor. Let's put Penn and Teller's Fool Us at number 21 on the list and say this is only for Peter. This is for no one else. <laughs> And it does and not matter. We don't have the Americans or the leftovers or Twin Peaks yet on this list. Seriously, yeah, I, I can't in good conscience let. I, I, I have not seen either of those those shows. I can't let Penn Teller on this list when the leftovers is not. I, I can't do that. I cannot Peter, do like, that. I understand how much you love but the, the leftovers show, but like... is not on this list because no one has nominated it yet. So that's like like you can't say that like oh this is taking the spot of the leftovers. Nobody has gotten the guts to like name right, the leftovers. But, but there, there are so many shows that will get so much more support from the rest of the staff on this list when you were the only one supporting Penn and Teller Fool Us. And we're all prepared to support you in Cobra Kai. We are all prepared to say yes to Cobra Kai. 
but we can't. But Penn and Teller is just not going to get any support. I'll, I'll take Penn and Teller over of Cobra Kai. But wow. Jacob, Jacob oh, Jesus Peter, Christ. Like, you have to understand that if you were making your own, you know, best no, of the decade, I, I, I get of that. But like, this it... could be on the number one or whatever ranking you want to do. But you have to understand the concept of a group list and the idea of like support. Yes, but, like, the, but the concept of someone's like number one show. For... It's a cumulative list, though, Peter. This is your only one that only you like and no one else likes. Like, write an editorial about it. Be like, this is why I'm mad that the Slash Film staff didn't put Ben and Teller on no, the best No one's going to read that editorial. Decades. Right, because no one gives a fuck about the show! <laughs> Look, I, I've just... seen enough of this show. I've seen, I've watched hours of it on YouTube, Peter. I cannot support this inclusion. That alone should be reason, because Jacob loves some of the same stuff that you do. He's, he's interested in this stuff genuinely. And if he can't even support it, like, that's your evidence right there. I feel like this is a great television. I re- I feel like this deserves to be on the best of the decade. How many Clearly. are how many titles are on this list? Twenty five. Twenty five. Just put, oh my god! Just put it at twenty five. <laughs> I don't. I don't. This is this is insane. <laughs> I just I put it one after the very end of the list and and very specifically say why. Brad, we're Peter, losing I'll... you. Your like mic is something's happening. Sorry, I probably broke it with my anger. <laughs> Here's the deal. Okay, I'm making another deal with Peter. Peter, yeah, we'll have a top 25. We will have a number 26 honorable mention for Penn and Teller's Fool Us. <sighs> that, 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 that is like the first loser. That is the first loser. Yes, it is. Yeah, it definitely is. That's, that's not on the list. But it'll be, it'll be there, though. And you can tell people how much you love it and why it's so great. You can you can even have put a picture of you watching Penn and Teller <laughs> as as the picture. Brad, I think your mic's broken. <laughs> Peter, I, I think an honorable mention on the list, right above at the very top, where you say, "Hey, this didn't make the list, but I'm passionate AF, and here's why." Is a really really fair. I deal think it deserves to be on the list. Uh, clearly really... you do, Peter, but nobody else does, and this is a group yeah, but... list. You have to understand. We the live in a democracy. But like, here. we're going by like like shows that like I haven't even seen that I'm like just passing on. Like, oh, they can be on there. Yes, but you understand that all those shows are beloved by multiple people, and they have they ha- have like become part of popular culture in a big way. The fact that there are people on this Penteller Fulas has become part of popular culture in a huge way. Like the, the clips from that show are some of the most watched clips on YouTube. Yeah, by magic nerds. There, there aren't millions of magic nerds, to be honest with you. Yet another reason to not put Penn and Teller on this list. <laughs> I think the thing that bothers me the most is like looking at the nominations. There isn't much more that like I care. Like, I've either seen or liked. That is coming up. So it's like, what else can I fight for? I mean, you don't have to fight for much more because there's five other people to nominate things. And no, but there's... I know. But like when I nominate something next time, there's literally nothing for me to nominate. Well, there's only 12 slots left. So we're kind of approaching the yeah. the pinnacle here. There's really Mr. nothing Mr. else on the list that you've seen. I mean, Mr. Robot's the only thing I kind of liked out of the record. Cobra Kai is so much more like definitive of the decade because it's it really is a good example of how to do a lego sequel right i i haven't seen the entire first season i've seen maybe the first six or seven episodes and i i enjoyed it i think it was way better than i thought it would be and it is something that does belong in this list uh, with your passion for it and because of of its quality Penn and teller's fool us 
does not fit any of those parameters, and it just does, it doesn't belong on this list because you're the only one supporting it. Like that's that's the biggest. I, I, I'd like to keep it in discussion. Okay, well, how about how about we move Cobra Kai into the top twenty-five? We won't delete Pantella yet. Yeah. But we can, we can keep this rolling. Sure. Okay, I think this is fair. I think I think Cobra Kai actually genuinely belongs on this list. Ben, <laughs> you gotta follow this up, Ben. Uh. I, I can't. I've taken a cyanide pill, and uh, I think it's starting to kick in. So I think I'm I'm dead. Uh, Chernobyl. There's a fucking show for you. Uh, HBO. Yeah. Yes, HBO's five-part miniseries uh, created by uh, Craig Mazin. This show is incredible. It is like uh, it's basically all about process. It's Jared Harris, Stellan Skarsgård, and Emily Watson taking you in step-by-step detail through what went happen you know what went down during the Chernobyl nuclear disaster it is uh riveting television maybe the most riveting show of the decade in terms of just like uh subject matter that could seem very very dry on the page but in the hands of this writer and in the hands of these filmmakers and these actors it uh, just turns into mesmerizing entertainment and uh sort of a horrific um, look at what happens in a society where truth does not matter at all. And uh, I think it is an exceptional piece of TV. I, I agree. This show kind of came out of nowhere. And I, I remember just, I just watched it on a whim because I got a screener of it and it, it, it floored me. It's so good. Yeah. This is the, uh, this is up there with Watchmen for the best TV of the year, which means the best TV of the decade. Cause they're, they're that good. I haven't seen it. HG, have you seen this yet? I have not. I need to be in the right headspace for it because it seems just so bleak. It is very. But... There's literally an entire episode about shooting dogs, which oh, is God. Was very you, hard. How did you I, watch it, Chris? It was very hard for me to get. It was, that's like the second to last episode. I feel like if that had been like episode two, I would have just given up on the show. But because it was the second to last, I was like, all right, I've come this far. But it's that's if I ever rewatch this, I will not watch that episode. Yeah, so I haven't seen it yet, but I know I've heard good things about it. It won all the Emmys, which matters <laughs> when we want it to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think Trouble uh, is the best miniseries the past decade, and it should be on this list. Sharp Flat objects. <laughs> Sharp objects, I will argue against. <gasps> what? Oh, what? Wow. What? The objects are too sharp. They're dangerous. Yeah. All right, so I'm putting Trouble on the list. Uh, we have 10 slots left, guys, so. Rather than go around again, uh, the pick we should either start eliminating some from this list. Start like for example, I'm going to fall on some knives here because I love you and want this to end. Um, <laughs> does, does anybody else here watch Succession? No. Doesn't Chris? No. no I, I I I gave up on it because it was too mean for me. <laughs> but I one day I'll go back and give it a chance. Uh, Succession is great. It's the HBO uh, comedy about a billionaire family who are all assholes. It is sharp. It is hilarious. It is brutal. I love it to death. It is not going to make the list. None of people have seen it. It would make my personal list. I am cutting Succession to get us going. I'm also cut another one that I love because I'm the only one here who's seen Leftovers, right? No, I've oh, seen it. I've seen it. Oh, oh I love all it. of it, but oh. I didn't nominate it because I haven't finished it, but I know every what I've seen of it so far I really like, and I know it's on so many top uh, yeah, I, I, think I haven't seen it, but it, it feel, I feel like it has to be on the list because it would be. Speaking of weird. shooting dogs, the pilot ends. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I, that's yeah. not the reason I gave up on that show. Yeah. I, I watched the first episode and I said this isn't for me. But I, 
it's so acclaimed. It, I feel like I believe it has to be on there. I, I think not... this is great, but like we, we often on our film list have the discussion of like, can we have two of the, you know, can we have two Damon Lindelof shows on this list? That's, that's a question. I think Watchmen, Watchmen is a perfect halfway point between Lost and, and Leftovers in that it's like pop entertainment gets interested in the end of the world and how that affects humankind and uh, like emotional oblivion. Uh, so I am willing to sacrifice leftovers because Watchmen took its place. I, I, I am okay doing that to keep this list moving. Oh man, I feel turmoil about that, even though I haven't <laughs> finished it, just because I know some people who say leftovers is still superior to Watchmen. But, I'm, uh, not, I'm not going to argue vehemently against it, but I will tell you that I watched the first two episodes of The Leftovers, did not give a shit about any of the characters, and don't like the show. <laughs> I, look, I, I'm on the record now. I'm on the record on this podcast explaining why Leftovers is not on this list. So anybody who, who complains that it's not can go to this podcast and get a lesson. I, I honestly think this is going to be the one decision we've made thus far that people are going to disagree with the most. But I'm okay with it not being there. I will write the Watchmen blurb and explain why it's there instead of the leftovers. Okay. All, All right. right. I'm cutting it. Uh, it hurts, but we need. While we're going through here, I'm, I'm just going. I'm just going to play my moderator role and start slashing and burning what I see to be loose fat on this list. And I think. Um, I think. I think you should leave. Should not be on this list. It's funny, but it shouldn't be on this list. I I can't argue because I haven't seen it yet. I've heard what, so many great what things is about it? sketches. It's a it's sketch. Not... It's a sketch show on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I would argue it probably doesn't belong, even though I think it's very funny. I don't know if I would, you know, yeah. Yeah. Didn't Ben nominate this? I did. Yeah, I think it's it's maybe the funniest thing I've seen this year uh, in terms of TV. But I think uh, I, I agree at, at this point, considering you know the the look at, at the whole list, I think it probably doesn't have a spot. All right. Well, speaking of here's the thing. I think I think you should leave is sketch comedy that should not be on this list. But I think Keen Peel should be on this list. Ah, uh, thank you, Jacob. I thought I was going to be the only one. Um, I part of me was uh, for my next part. I I almost wanted to couple this with Broad City because they do two different things for two different groups of people who have kind of sat on the sidelines for a lot of comedy for a long time. Key and Peele does this great job of having brilliant sketch comedy, but it's also very uh, uniquely representative of Black culture. In addition to appealing to the broader pop culture audience, I think that uh, Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele bring something really special to the plate because of their experiences as two black guys and there have been very few sketch comedy shows that have been able to do that simply because the casts of these shows like saturday night live mad tv and whatnot are often dominated by white comedians and for that same reason i think that broad city deserves some recognition because it's the kind of show where these two female leads um abby jacobson and lana glazer are allowed to have just as much raunchy irresponsible fun as dudes have had for on screen for years but their relationship is so genuine and lovely and charming that they just you care for them so much and they're obviously very good friends uh, in real life and that translates through these characters and it it defines an, another part of the population that hasn't gotten the sa- that same kind of representation in comedy as well. I would back Ian Peel 100%. I can't back Broad City yet. I figured that that would be the case and yep. I'm I'm honestly fine with it, but I, I I just wanted to make sure that I put my support for Broad City out there because uh, it is it, it's a great great comedy show. I want to throw in my support for Broad City too. I actually haven't finished it. My roommate loves it. Um but it's a show that is just really smart and really funny and really gets to this it has this real understanding of millennial woman. Um and of course a lot of it is cringe humor, but I think that it is 
a show that has such a huge following and is uh, really a uh, smartly written series. All right. So I moved Broad City in, in discussion for now because there's going to be some contention there. But does anybody actively say no to Key and Peele? Should, should I put that in discussion or should I put it on the list? I haven't seen it. I've only seen clips on YouTube. I, I have zero list. objections. Yeah. All right. I think I think in terms of uh, past decade sketch comedy, Key and Peele is one. It improved the viability of YouTube as an advertising mechanism for for TV. Uh, if you want to talk it, it, in terms of like going beyond the show itself being so good. Uh, its impact and how people use YouTube to market is vital. And Keen Peel was the first show I think to truly tap into that. Uh, so I am putting Keen Peel into our number 16 slot. You, you think Keen right. Peel did that? I feel like SNL did that with digital shorts before. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like maybe, maybe SNL was there first, but I think Keen Peel mastered it. And also, Keen Peel is funnier than SNL has ever been. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. I wouldn't say funnier than SNL has ever been, but it but it but it has been but it was more consistently funny in the in the time that it was on television. Okay, I am going to um, toss out a few more. I think we should cut because we, we only have um, now only would, nine slots left. Can I can, like can make, I cut something? Yeah, like Peter, go, yeah, please, please, please cut. Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown. I put I think I put this on the list. I think it's it's really great travel log show with food and showing us the world. But I, I just don't see it making it on the list. And uh, yeah. I think it would have been nice to have it on the list with uh, Bernan's passing, but it's just not going to happen. It's an incredible show, but you're right. I don't, think, I don't think it makes it. Can I throw out something that really has to be on the list or I'm going to throw a Penn and Teller style rant about yeah. it? <laughs> what is it? That is uh, Twin Peaks The Return. Um, even if you hadn't enjoyed the original Twin Peaks, this was unlike anything else that has like ever been on tv like i can't remember ever seeing anything quite like this and it's so weird and it's david lynch literally doing whatever the hell he wants on tv and uh, that's that's hard to beat and i but feel like does if Twin it's not... Peaks, like count as a new show that premiered during the last decade because this is a new season of it right oh that's an interesting question it huh? is and it isn't because yeah, it's sort of a continuation, but it's on a completely different network. It has a different sub, you know, it has that the return subtitle. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess huh. I could see that argument, but I would argue no, simply because it's a different network and it's a completely different thing. Like it's not even close to being like what the network Twin Peaks was. Like this is like a completely different yeah, thing. Yeah, that's that's. I had not considered that question. I don't know. I kind of feel like. Maybe if um, if Brooklyn Nine Nine got dropped and then picked up from a different network, the I guess you could say the same thing kind of happened to Twin Peaks. It was dropped by a network and then picked up by Showtime, just like whatever twenty something years later. And it's the same characters and it's a continuation of the same story. So does this? <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe it's just like. But like I, the, the the quote unquote new Brooklyn Nine Nine is identical to what it was on the other network, and this is really really not. It doesn't even have. Like, yeah, it has, like, Kyle McLaughlin on his back, but it has uh, almost completely new characters across the board. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I could be just thinking of that way because I really went on the list. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, think tw I think Twin Peaks is Chris's Cobra Kai. Uh, and, for, and for this reason, I I, I, I I think that Twin Peaks... I mean, I can... Return was, was such an event, guys. It was such a... Yeah. I, I definitely can see that argument that maybe it doesn't count because it's not, quote-unquote, new, but... To By the way, me bringing that up doesn't mean that that I feel that way. I was just bringing it up as a no. I, had, I actually this had an important conversation. Yeah. 
yeah. I actually hadn't even thought of that, but I, I definitely see that angle, but I don't know. It's so... I, I don't think there's been a, a single piece of, like, auteur-driven anything that has been able to rival Twin Peaks The Return, like, over the course of this entire decade. Like Chris was saying, it's just, it's David Lynch, like, off the leash doing whatever he wants, and like, even Scorsese and The Irishman, like, even... Uh, you know, any anything in movies and, and you know, the most like singular visions of film and TV creators, I don't think comes anywhere close to like the singularity of the vision of David Lynch in Twin Peaks The Return. I, I think, Jacob, you're probably going to have to make the ultimate call on like whether or not this counts, though. Like I, we all agree, I think, or the, those of us who have seen it, that it's like a, a singular kind of uh, breathtaking piece of television. But like, does it work on this list for the confines that we've set out? Here's my judgment as a person who's in charge of this shit um <laughs> uh, king judge of king shit is my official title guys um look when mash ended they started a new show called after mash that had many of the same actors all the actors who did not want their first show to end but it was a brand new show and i you, you would not consider after mash a continuation of mash so i think twin peaks the return is a different show than twin peaks and should belong on this list all right, sounds like there's a uh, legal precedent. <laughs> <laughs> the after, after mash law. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, I think I think I think this list without Twin Peaks would be embarrassing, and we need to have it on there. <laughs> okay, weekend's list. We have eight more slots, and not eight, more than eight stuff remaining. So here's my question for: um, We have no animation on this list. Yes, oh, please. Oh, oh, Bojack, Bojack, Bojack. Bojack. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Please, Here's my please. question. Adventure Time and Rick and Morty are both on this list. No, Rick and Morty uh, is on this list. I think Adventure Time, I think, I think Adventure Time, I'm on, on the list of remaining six. I think Adventure Time and Rick and Morty are both fundamentally important to uh, the animation of the past decade in very different ways. Uh, and Adventure Time being uh, quite possibly the best and most definitive children's show of the past decade. One that transcended its audience uh, without speaking down to anybody, without, you know, it meant something to everyone without compromising itself. And Rick and Morty, despite having the worst freaking fan base outside of Zack Snyder, is the smartest science fiction show that's also a great scatological comedy. So I would actually argue that Adventure Time and Rick and Morty both belong on this list. Interesting. I... I'm, I'm less convinced about Adventure Time, but I do think that it is uh, a great animated series that does dance a line between being a show that's entertaining for kids, but also works for adults really well. I fully support Adventure Time. I'm the one who nominated it, and um, it's a show that I consider very just essential to my 2010s experience, not just because when it was on, I was in college and it was like the most popular series in college, especially for college stoners. And um, But it was a series that, yeah, like you said, Jacob, transcended its child TV uh, parameters and went on to become almost emotional storytelling and um, also broke the barriers of like the sort of like episodic storytelling too because it became a longer story and it also went into deeper emotional arcs for the characters um dealt with uh, something similar to alzheimer's for one of the characters too i think it's just had some really really powerful moments that i know it had like it's ups and downs too i fell off on it a, a little bit as well but it was just such an essential show for me and for a lot of people for the 2010s how about adventure time and rick and morty make the list we cut over the garden wall to balance out the animation. 
That's fine. Over the Garden Wall, I, I also deeply love, but it's, uh, I think you can probably conflate it with like Adventure Time because it comes from the same writer and um, it's it's really good, but it's like a tiny, very, very small mini series. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think Adventure Time and Rick and Morty both loom large. I, I, I want somebody to tell me no so we can figure this out. I haven't seen either, but I feel like Rick and Morty, for me on the outside, feels like it's more of a cultural impact. The only argument, I haven't seen either of these shows, but the only argument I would have against Rick and Morty is that the fans annoy me so badly that I hate I hate rewarding I, them. I, I agree, but you can't deny that the show itself yeah. is great. Yeah. And, if, and if we were to, to make decisions based solely on fan bases, then Star Wars wouldn't have gotten on our decade list for movies. That's true. But yeah, that, yeah. That, I was, that's the only argument I could see against it. Beyond, but beyond yeah. that, no. Rick and Morty is a show about, about really, really broken people. Uh, and cycles of self-destruction, and it's so bizarre that the fan base does not realize that. It's, but it's, I love, I, I love Rick and Morty and Adventure Time, and I, I do think we need this will round out our animation quite nicely uh, on this list. Yes, I, I, agree. I agree. Okay, Rick and Morty, Adventure Time. Jacob, Cutting. can I go to bat for something? Hundred percent, please. Uh, I would really love it if the Jinx made this list, the life and deaths of Robert Durst. This was a, a 2015 HBO miniseries. It's like six episodes. And for me, the 2010s is largely defined by true crime as a genre. Like the, the you know, it's always been there, but it, it uh, experienced this boom in such a huge way with serial and a billion different TV shows that have sort of uh, come afterwards. And for me, the Jinx is the best of all of them because it's it's a mystery uh, where the documentarian had access to the subject at the center of that mystery and its ending made real world headlines and continues to be, uh, I think, the most satisfying, holy shit, what the hell did I just hear uh, ending of any uh, nonfiction show that I can think of. It is an incredible piece of television in the in terms of like access. You know, I, I wouldn't argue that like the framing is incredible or anything like that. But in terms of, uh, you know, how the show was constructed and put together and the way that it's real world subject uh, uh, interacted with the filmmakers and then <laughs> what happens at the very end of it is just something that I still think about. Like in my mind, Robert Durst is the boogeyman. He has he has uh, taken on a larger than life persona to me because of the shit that happens in this documentary. And it is, uh, man, what a wild piece of TV. And I think just in terms of like having something on this list that is representative of the boom that true crime uh, experienced, I think you couldn't do better than the jinx. Yes, everything Ben just said is correct. I actually just recently rewatched this, and it, it holds up even after, like, you know what happens. It's, it's a really big achievement in, in true crime and storytelling. Am I misremembering, or did Peter also love this? I, I haven't seen it. Oh, wow. Oh, I, somebody thought you had seen it. Um, I love the Jinx. I am prepared to say, yeah, it's tossed in there, but we're getting close enough to the wire. I want to make sure that nobody is at, like opposed to it. Oh, I agree with the cultural impact because I remember with the jinx, uh, the revelation that uh, Robert Durst actually um, was responsible for the murders led to a real criminal investigation. So I think that it it left that, that impact. So I, it deserves to be there. All right, guys, we have five slots left. I want to read what's left over um, before, before we go any further. Uh, for these five slots, contenders are Westworld, 
American Crime Story, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Penn and Teller's Fool Us, Fargo, Broad City, The Americans, Atlanta, Black Mirror, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Documentary Now, Killing Eve, Master of None, Mindhunter, Mr. Robot, Russian Doll, Sharp Objects, and Veep. And I'm going to cut Veep. I think I'm the only fan here. It had oh, ups and no, downs. You, no, well, no, no, you're, oh, not, you're, no not. you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> what are whoa, you doing? Whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Settle down there. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we think Veep's top 25, though? Yeah, I, honestly, honestly, I do because, like, the, the, as the show went on, especially now with the insanity of the current presidential administration, the show proved to be be very prescient in like putting up things that seemed ridiculous at the time, but now are somehow our reality. So the, the show was full of sharp political satire. Uh, it's um, like really hilariously raunchy at times. It has an amazing ensemble cast and Julie Louis Dreyfus. This is, I think, the role that she was born to play, maybe even more than Elaine in Seinfeld. Uh, she's pitch perfect in this series. Uh, the writing is always great on this on the show, and even the most minor characters are are memorable from from any season of this series. I I love it for being representative of our current political state, and hate it, you know, because of the, because that our political state has become what used to be hilarious. <laughs> Veep is fantastic. It's pitch perfect uh, satirical comedy. It's funny because in the last season, you can definitely tell, the last two seasons, I think, you can definitely tell it was made with the um, pr- the idea that Hillary would become president. And so the comedy in those seasons almost feels a little bit too real because it just felt like a little almost out of place in the, polit- in the political time. But um, having be working in D.C. at the time that I was watching Veep, um, I know from people who worked on the Hill and people who report on the Hill that Veep is the most accurate uh, depiction of of how uh, DC works and how politics works because it's just a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing bumbling around, and it is really great comedy. Okay, I moved it to in discussion because I, I, I want to I want to clean up our our remaining list. I, I want to sacrifice some stuff. Figure out what, what what's actually contending for these fi- last five slots. Can I go to bat for something that I get the feeling won't go f- be on this list? But I just I really I really this is like my my Ben and Teller. <laughs> is it crazy ex girlfriend? It's crazy ex girlfriend. Okay, I I feel awkward because we just went into a whole thing about Peter being the only one who watched P- uh, Penn and Teller, and I'm now the only one who has seen Crazy Ex Girlfriend. But I genuinely genuinely believe that it belongs um it belongs on a spot on the best of the decade. I actually, um, I saw the first season, by the way. Oh, so. oh, oh, Chris, why didn't you ever tell me? I don't know. It just never came up. <laughs> well, okay. Um, <laughs> it is such a smart and sharp and funny deconstruction of the rom-com trope of that crazy ex-girlfriend. And it's a really funny and uh, uh, forward feminist uh, TV series that also is a really nuanced and incisive uh, depiction of mental illness in a way that I've never seen on TV before. I know that BoJack is a show that has is reportedly does this too. I haven't seen that, but Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was rev- revelatory for me in doing that. And also in its depiction of LGBT characters, um, it's just so good. And um, it, the fact that it's also a musical show and every original musical song that they do, they I think they produced, they wrote um, about like a hundred plus um uh, skewer a different musical genre in the funniest and smartest way. You got everything from classic Hollywood dance sequences like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers to uh, a pop Spice Girls pop group to um, 
just uh, an Ed Sheeran like ballad or something. It's just all across the board. It's so smart and such good TV, and I am going to go to bat for it. Right, I'm gonna move into in discussion. I want maybe talk about this more in a few minutes. I just want to clean up the rest of this list before we go really to bat for things we think are gonna hang. Okay. All right. I love the Americans. This is have support amongst a larger group. I also yeah. love the Americans. I've only seen the first season, but the first season oh, I've seen it is gets better. Great it gets, TV. Yeah, it gets better. All right, so I'm gonna put the Americans on in discussion for now, so we just so we can keep us moving. Atlanta, I have uh, this is my big, huge TV blind spot of the decade. It's great. I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure we can have a best of the decade list and not include Atlanta. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, uh, like, God, I've the only, Teddy Perkins episode, man. Oh, I've well. only seen a few episodes, but I so I don't have. It's really surreal comedy in a way that I wasn't expecting. I remember watching it at first and thinking it was going to be some sort of grounded um dramedy about the rap scene but then in the first season there was that episode i can't remember the title i'm very sorry where um uh brian tyree henry's character goes on a talk show and it's a parody of like every talk show and there's fake commercials and he is just completely baffled by everything that's happening it's just of surreal exercise and comedy that i had never seen before it I remember it had been compared to like the Twin Peaks of comedy in the in that way, and I <laughs> agreed. Uh, I definitely agree with that. So Atlanta, yeah. All right, so going on this list, I am torn on Black Mirror, guys, because when Black Mirror is good, Black Mirror is great, but Black Mirror has not been good for the past year it, and a half or so. It's so uneven. Cut yeah, it. I, I feel like it's too uneven to make the list. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think Black Mirror's highs are like unbelievably ridiculously high. But then you have that interactive episode which is an abomination so (laughs) (laughs) alright okay I'm gonna documentary now is so funny and so good I think it's too niche for this list see uh, I I kind of thought the same thing but at the same time like we are a film website and this show so perfectly parodies documentaries in every way imaginable without being obnoxious about it it's their the scripts for these like what are essentially short funny versions of award-winning you know documentaries prestige films are made funny and it's it's i don't know it, the show is so brilliant I, I i feel like you're probably right jacob but i, man, I feel I like nathan for you kind of fits <clears throat> the category that this would fall on the list it does it really doesn't it's, it's something that it's completely different um it's just yeah i don't know i love the show a lot i i feel like do you want to say goodbye yeah. to it, Brad? I mean, I don't want to say goodbye to it, but I feel like I'm probably going to have to, considering everything else that's in discussion. Even though I feel like the show is better than half the stuff that's in discussion. Uh- <laughs> well, the leftovers is better than everything that on his, on his left. So, we, and I cut it because I, because, I, because I love it and didn't want to get hurt. So, I think you should yeah. cut the documentary now, so we won't get hurt. I will cut it. Uh, if you haven't watched documentary now, it's on Netflix. Please go watch it. Give it a shot. You don't even have to see the documentaries to like get a laugh at this show it is so good and if you're gonna start anywhere i recommend starting with the co-op episode uh killing eve i know people love this show um i'm not sure it cracks their top 25 i love it but i feel like i'm the only one on the staff who watches it so i go ahead and cut it i liked it but i'm fine with enough i've seen the first season and i thought it was good but um i'm fine with having 
the better Phoebe Waller-Bridge on the list already. Same. All right. I think Master of None is remarkably good, and it's been overshadowed because of Aziz Ansari's uh, personal life outside of the show. I think this is a perfect two seasons of TV. I also am not prepared to go to, the, to go to a, on a huge fight for it. If it was earlier in the podcast, I think I would be willing to go on a huge fight for it because I also believe that that the show is really tremendous, um, and both seasons are so so good and different. But oh, man. Uh... I got. I mean, just I guess in the in the interest of time, we can cut it. But uh, man, what a great show! Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think the first season is one of the best singular seasons of TV I've seen. But the second season is a bit of a um, a uh, downslide. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. But yeah, yeah, I don't. The show is really good. And plus, I mean, this this gave Lena Waithe an Emmy win, and you know, and that the episode that Alan Yang did is so good too. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm... It's our honorary 26. <laughs> I'm cutting it. By the way, I, Brad, I know be- earlier in this episode you said that there wasn't many comedies on our list. Right now, I think overwhelmingly we have more comedies than other on our list. Well, we can so fix it right now because Mindhunter is next. The bleakest yeah. show <laughs> ever made. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mindhunter should really be on the list because it, it's, it rules. Mind, Mindhunter, Russian Doll... And sharp objects are the three that I would really go to bat for at this point. Mindhunter probably at the top. Yeah. I mean, my problem is, like, I feel like the episodes directed by David Fincher are much better than the episodes not directed by David Fincher. I mean, that's like, yeah, but that's not anyone's fault. <laughs> you can't, like, it's like, you know, when you, you can't go, but but, you know. but it's a sudden fall. When, when you have an episode directed by David Fincher and then the next episode hits, you're like, wait, what? Like, this is a different show. Yeah, but the show, I think, is still good. Like, the writing and the acting. And I heard you say that, Peter, before I started watching it. And I was, like, waiting for a drop in quality yeah. for the non-Fincher episodes because you said that. And I didn't really see one. Like, yeah. it wasn't super noticeable to me. And I was like, oh, I, I think you just did such a good job of setting the tone for what the show should feel and look like that the other directors were able to replicate that pretty well to my eye. But, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some... The second season is really well directed. Even the episodes that Fincher doesn't direct, the second season looks amazing. Uh, I'm putting Mindhunter in discussion for now. I won't put a fight for that in a moment. But we can cut Mr. Robot, right? Yeah, the first season was phenomenal, and the second season was pretty good too, but it feels like it fell a little bit out of the cultural conversation, especially mm-hmm. because of Sam Esmell's choice to uh, keep the show in 2015. And uh, basically build up to the 2016 election, it felt a little bit like in the sense of like the newsroom when you're commenting on events that have already happened. So it just feels a little like no longer uh, in the cultural conversation. Yeah. I think we all agree that Russian Doll should be in consideration, right? Yes. 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 I actually haven't seen it. All right. um, She hasn't seen it, but is anybody who's seen Russian Doll, would they be opposed to being right in the top 25? Because I think it deserves to be there. It definitely deserves to be there. I, it's it's so good, and nationally known is so good. It rules. <laughs> HT, watch it. You will like it. I have yeah, so yeah. many things to watch. Yeah, right. uh, Peter, you're a fan, right? Yeah, H- HT would love this too. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, and Ben, you're a big fan, right? Oh yeah. All right, HT, are you cool with me putting this out private directly? Because I know you'll like it too. Yeah, it's fine. All right, so I, ha- I haven't seen it yet, but I also oh. agree. Brad, come on. <laughs> I know, I know. I, it's, it's, I'm terrible behind on stuff like right. 
So there's, there's one movie, one show that we haven't actively discussed yet. Uh, and I want someone to tell me why Sharp Objects is more than a good Amy Adams performance. It's a <laughs> wonderful and harrowing depiction of female trauma in a way that really gets to just the damage and the utter hope, helplessness of that trauma. And I think it's just a perfectly um, staged, perfectly structured noir uh, aside from that too. So it is like, and of course it's centered around a phenomenal Amy Adams performance. And I think that every twist that it has um, is just fantastic. Every performance is pitch perfect. Um, the uh, it, I actually prefer it even to the book, which the book is a little bit more of like a standard detective uh, novel, but the show just far and away uh, makes it something that stood out to me and really got under my skin and really just stuck in my brain for weeks after. Yes. I think it's just the performance. <laughs> I'm going to put it wow. in, in, in discussion because I'm not prepared to bump it up yet. All right, guys. We have four slots remaining. And how many contenders for those slots? Twelve contenders. We need to cut oh, eight no. of these shows. I'm going to go out and say it. Um, Broad City gets cut. All right, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I, here's, I tell you what. I'm fine with Broad City being cut as long as Veep makes the list. Ooh. I feel like Ugh. if you're going to put a comedy on the list, why not put Atlanta? Yeah, I, I feel like Atlanta should be on this list more than Veep. I think they're both great. Yeah, I, yeah, I think both belong. I think Veep and Atlanta are do do two different things and are very representative of the current culture. I'm going to star Veep and star Atlanta on our dock here. Um, I hate to say it, HT, but I think Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is not going to make no. it. No! No! Wait, I, I, I have a pitch, guys. I have a okay. pitch right here. I'm, I'm going to pitch it. If this our, pitch our... involves Penn and Teller making the list, it I does. Swear to God. It, well, it does, it does uh, kind of, but not really. My pitch is that this list now becomes the top 30 TV shows of the last decade. No, because I, I don't want Penn Teller on this list. <laughs> <sighs> Top twenty nine. See, see the fr- here, here, here's the frustrating thing about this list, guys. Is like for me, I'm, I'm giving you my perspective. I know this is a group print list, but I watch I think more television than all of you combined. Yet, like of this list of this twenty one choices, I think I've not even seen thirteen of these things. Peter, it's because you've watched the first season of Cobra Kai six times. <laughs> this is no one's fault but your own. That, that is true, but usually I don't rewatch shows. Like that—that that is the, the atypical thing. So, like, the, the, like it's hard to but, pick things for this list because, like, half of this list is like comedies that I don't watch because I'm not a big comedy person. But you recognize that these are big shows that have collectively penetrated like pop culture and the zeitgeist and have become. Like, have become part of it in a way that the one show you're championing has not. I don't know. For me, it has. For you, it has. This isn't Peter's top yeah. 20 TV shows of the decade. In the meantime, I think we can cut the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes. Yes, yeah, I'm fine with that now. Is definitely is yeah. way there's, better of a comedy than there's, And there's much more terror going on in the world right now. <laughs> All right. And I think we can... I think we can move Atlanta into the top 25. Yeah. Yes. 
Jacob, you should watch Crazy. I've been telling you for months to watch Crazy <laughs> Ex-Girlfriend. This is the show that you will love. And I need someone to support me. But right. I think Veep's seasons post Armando Iannucci leaving are much weaker. And for that reason, it should not be on the list. I, I think you, I, I do. I don't disagree, but I... I don't see two other shows on this list that I think are better enough to make this list. Wow. Mindhunter is better. Yeah, Mindhunter than... is better. I yeah. I, I haven't seen Mindhunter, so that's that's my blind spot. So that that's, yeah, I, I will admit to that. Oh, okay, let's go around the table here. There's three slots left. Go ahead and mark your initials next to three you like, but not as you do it. I will, I'm going to announce that I'm marking Mindhunter. I am marking um, The Americans. And uh, you know what? Seeing it all laid out, I'm incorrect. I'm marking Veep. Fuck it. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I marked I marked Mindhunter, Sharp Objects, and American Crime Story. Those I, are mine. I marked Westworld, Penn and Teller, and Fargo, and no one else marked those. I I, mar- I marked Veep and the Americans, and I I guess my other one will go to Westworld actually. Uh, I marked Mindhunter and Sharp Objects, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm abstaining on my third vote because I don't like the rest of these shows enough to vote for them. <laughs> vote for Craziest right. Girlfriend, a better show than. Wait, can I can I use all three of my votes for one thing? No. <laughs> okay. I voted for Craziest Girlfriend, uh, The Americans, and Sharp Objects. Okay. Here's what I think. No one's think... gonna like. No one's gonna like this, which is why it's the right choice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about we, that, Jacob. We delete Crazy Ex Girlfriend, Fargo, and Penn and Teller, and reassess. I I, no I, I still don't want to let go of Penn and Teller. I think, I think we can get rid of American. I Crimes honestly too. think that if you guys watch Crazy Ex Girlfriend, you would agree with me. I, that I, it's one I of the think honestly, shows on TV. I honestly think TV. if I saw a Crazy Ex Girlfriend, I think I'd love it, but I have not seen it. Fine, fine. <laughs> I've I meant that... to see it because of your recommendation. I just haven't. I, no, I'm just, I'm just saying fine to. I know. So here's here's what I'm gonna say. I know Americans, Mindhunter, and Sharp Objects are the only three shows that have three votes each. My proposal, though, would be that the Americans and Mindhunter make the list. Sharp Objects doesn't because I feel like there's more opposition from people who think that the show isn't as good as others do based on one specific reason and i think that the third show with those two should be veep i know about... craziest girlfriend is better than a couple of the comedies we already have on our list i think it's better than brooklyn 99 which is a great comedy but is more it doesn't reach the highs of craziest girlfriend i just want to say that but i do i do love ht's passion and it just does suck that a lot of us haven't seen craziest girlfriend to really make that assessment but, but you I love her passion but when i bring up penn and teller you all yell at me that's, no, but here's the thing: because HT is willing to back down, Peter. The difference is that Crazy Ex Girlfriend is also not making but, this but, list. Uh, but the so. problem here is like, okay, Crazy Ex Girlfriend and Penn Teller are both are not making this list. I'm fighting. I'm, I'm still fighting for it, Jacob. I'm not. Draw, I'm not backing down on this. I just want to say that two of my female created shows have not made this list. But the problem with this well, list is like women. fifteen of these. Uh, whoa! Wait. <laughs> whoa. I don't. wait. Was your other one Broad City? No, it was New Girl, but also oh, okay. Broad City. Yeah, right, okay. I'm not hearing any passion for Fargo. I'm cutting Fargo. Gone. Fine. 
Get out of here. Not gonna get a passion. No one's talking about Westworld. I'm cutting Westworld. Yeah, get that. Gone. Chris is the only one who has any support from American Crime Story. Sorry, Chris. I guess you gotta go. That's fine. Okay. Um. Fuck everything and everyone in the <laughs> mouth. Um. <laughs> Mind Hunter has three votes. Mindhunter has to be on there. I think Mindhunter has. I, Mindhunter yeah, I, has to I think I think Mindhunter should be on because uh, it, for similar reasons that the Jinx is on here because I think Mindhunter, like even though I haven't seen it, it feels like it's a show that captures the the love for true crime that's happening right now, but it does so through the lens of David Fincher, which in, instantly makes it great. Yeah, and Mindhunter does a really admirable job of deconstructing what criminal investigation actually is without romanticizing it. Uh, it's not like a CSI thing where it's an exciting crime-solving mystery show. It is years of people sitting in fluorescent rooms being sad because they can't catch serial killers. And that's, that's somewhat, that sounds depressing, and it is, but it's compelling, and it's honest about what that kind of work actually is. I like, what, great. I, I like what you said, aside from the fact that you called CSI an exciting crime-solving mystery show. You know but... what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think my hunter belongs on this. Anybody disagree with this? Nope. Do it. All right, at least with two slots, and one, two, three, four, five shows remain. You know what? I will back down on sharp objects if we get crazy ex-girlfriend on there. Oh. Deal. Deal. Hard deal. <sighs> HT, I'm very disappointed in you. You should not be because crazy ex-girlfriend is great. I I didn't want to bring this up, but I don't like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, you know what? listen, I loved the first few episodes, and then it takes a really weird nosedive because the, it, 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 it's playing this long game about mental illness and she like throws her pills away and it really bothered me. And I, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of goes into it in later seasons where it's a process and that's such an interesting thing to see in a tv series and a serialized tv series where it's not I, something i take your word for it i just i fine put it on the list put it on there yeah. All right. <laughs> i'm supporting ht for craziest girlfriend as long as people back off sharp objects because i don't want sharp objects on his list sorry <sighs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> I also don't want Sharp Objects on this list. Hey, Peter, how about we delete Sharp Objects and Penn and Teller? No. I agree. I love Peter just said that. So yeah, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend <laughs> should be the only CW show on this list. Yes. <sighs> yes. No. I'm fr I'm frankly not sure why the Americans and Sharp Objects didn't make it into the final two slots because they were the only ones with three votes. The Americans should be on there. The Americans should be on there. Put the Americans Look, on. We all, <laughs> we all we all agree. Here's what I'm doing. I'm deleting all the votes. Everybody vote again once it's clear. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> These votes are not gonna accomplish anything. It allows me to see a consensus, and as king judge of king shit, I need to know what's going on. Oh my god, here. I'm doing this for you, HT. I put my initial mix crazy cover in. Because I want this to end. Wait, is it still it's just two votes now, right? No, do, do all three. Do all three. Oh, it's still oh, three? three? Okay. Well, I guess I'm putting it next to our sharp objects again. Consider, yeah. Considering the fact that I've only seen two of these shows and one of them I did not like. HT, you still like Veep, though. Let, let's do it. I do, but I like sharp objects more than Veep. Yeah. But it's, but it's not as good. It's not as good. What are you talking about? I don't know, because I haven't seen sharp lie. objects. <laughs> You'd be bored by sharp objects, Fred. No. 
<laughs> no. Won't. It's so good. Uh, hold on, I have to fix something. There we go. <laughs> Jacob, end this, please. We're right. Look at all these votes for these things. Uh, I like to point out that on the list, Peter has put three of his votes on one show, disqualified. I that is the only yeah, show that I've seen 30, that I like. Should we just do thirty shows? Should we just end it? Because we have five shows left. No. No, because we have that because we have s- s- seven slots, don't we? We set out to do a top twenty-five, and I'm not gonna be that coward who takes the easy way out. And we're definitely not gonna be the, be the site that has one a show that is not as good as all of the other shows we had on this list before we started debating. That is not true, though. Oh, it is. Peter, come on. This is for the point that voting. This is how voting works. Yeah, I know, but the, it, it sucks that this list has like 14 shows I've never even seen. Peter, yeah, like is... the one the one that I like the most yeah, can't but, make it onto this list. But Peter, that the list isn't just about you, though. Oh, you I know, to... but like the list isn't even like literally other than Cobra Kai, I've not won anything on this list. But that's not our fault. That's... Peter, Peter, there's a lot of shows on this list that you really like, and it's still I, I, I like Better Call Saul. Honestly, Call. honestly, the three shows on this list. There, there's like, like wait, Stranger Things, Stranger you, Things, uh, Better Call, Call Saul, and Cobra Kai. Those are the Nathan, only three. Nathan for, Nathan for you, American Vandal, Russian Ian, Doll. I, I don't love American Vandal. It's fine. You like these shows though. No you're, one. You're likes listing this one shows show. I've seen. <laughs> you have you have uh, passion for magic. You have passion for this show. But I don't like. You, uh, there's crappy magic shows on there. I'm not recommending a crappy magic show. I'm recommending a show that is one of the best shows of the last decade. If you can pinpoint me something anywhere on the internet in culture that references Penn and Teller's Fool Us, that that, that shows that that it is a big part of pop culture and not just the niche population of magicians... Then I will you concede. you think only that magicians watch Penn and Teller fool us? Yes, that is insane. I think well, there's something insane. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna right go here. okay right now. I just went to YouTube and searched fool us. The top result here has 58 million views. 58 million views. That is what, not just magicians. Wait, what, is, Brad. What, is, what is the top? What is the video? It's Penn and Teller. It's Chin Lim on Penn and Teller fool us. Hit when he competed. Is he a famous magician? He wasn't a famous magician at the time. Look, just think back to but I'm trying to the like, 2016 election, Peter. We all wanted Hillary Clinton to win. She didn't have the votes. No, I get that, but, this is, but that's not she this process. Vote, yes, but yeah, she didn't, she have, didn't the have the popular this, votes. Is, this is the electoral college we're talking about now. Yeah, but this is and... not that process. And I feel like more than half this list are like not even stuff that doesn't fit my taste, but are stuff that I haven't even seen. To me, the, to me, the linchpin in all this, again, I will say this. Jacob has some of the same interests and hobbies that you do. And no, he but he, ha- he No, no, hold on. He underst- he, 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 he's interested in the show. He has watched it. He's watched a lot of it. And if he even says that this show is not good enough to be considered best of the decade, I think that's reason enough right there. I don't know. I disagree. Obviously. <laughs> I think the point is well made, Peter. That you- I think he's fought so valiantly that this entire episode should be called... 
you know, t- uh, Slash Films top 25 shows of the decade presented by Penn and Teller. <laughs> and, and so, like, clearly you've made not only a case, by, by the but, way, like, Penn and Teller fool us uh, for this yeah. show. So I think it's probably OK if we, you know, finish the episode and it's not on the list because you fought harder than any human being has ever fought for any but show. But this before. list literally has three shows that I would have put on like a 25 list. But it's not. Right your list i know here. i'm not but i'm but part of the you, list you're arguing in the if we if we each had three shows that made this list that fills out 18 of our 25 slots right there leaving only five or eight other shows that would be on there yes but i don't think that's the case with everybody else because there There's was seven, a, yeah, m- seven, much sorry. more crossover with everybody else uh, I, I just don't know. Literally, how to, anytime someone see. mentioned a show that like was something i hadn't seen i was like i'm not gonna vote against it because i haven't seen it Jacob, how do we end this, man? What do we do here? <laughs> with a bullet. With this a is, bullet. Yeah, this is like the Heaven's Gate cult. We're going to all wake up with blankets over our head and our sneakers sticking out. If we can't resolve this here, the one solution, the one binding solution, is you all email me your secret votes. But I the votes the are just going to have it. <sighs> exactly. Why do we solve it here? By someone being gracious. <laughs> I'm not going to be gracious because I my this list does not represent me in any way other than Cobra Kai. Come on, Peter. You don't think Better Call Saul belongs on there? Better Call Saul does belong on there, and also Stranger Things belongs on there. But like Those are two the truth. only thing that like so many people got things that represent them on here, and there's nothing that represents me on here yeah, other than Cobra every, Kai. Every other show though had. At least two or three other people saying, yes, I agree, it should be on the list. But that and was because it, every other show had other people, like, that many people that had seen it. Like, this yeah. show, you've only seen YouTube clips of it. Like, yeah, because I would Brad's seen, like, two episodes it. that were bad. Like, they, no one else has watched this show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, means it should, which means that it's part of a group list for all the shows that we watched and loved. It shouldn't be on the list. Like, Peter, there's a bunch of stuff on this list that I would never vote for but i'm not i'm not like sweating it i mean like look (laughs) better call saw twin peaks those are the two that meant the most to me on this list and i guess mindhunter so that's right there that's three titles the rest i can well here's the here's the thing chris the two that would mean the most to me are cobra kai and penn and teller fool us and i only got one of them on the list i killed the leftovers for you i killed the leftovers i like the leftovers So, Peter, do you – are you um, – Should I let go of Crazy Ass Girlfriend? Am I being a hypocrite by, like, sticking with this because we're having this whole showdown about Penn and Teller's full us? Should well, I just – At this point, I think Crazy Ass Girlfriend and Penn Teller should join hands and Thelma and Louise off the cliff. Fine. Fine. Crazy Ass Girlfriend, far superior show to a third of the movies – a third of the shows on this list will get I, taken I, off. I, and don't I'm agree, fine with I don't agree with that, though, I because – I will I double know. down then on the Americans and Sharp Objects. I think the Americans and Sharp Objects complete this list. I, I, I'm, I, I, will... I, I, I avidly hate Sharp Objects. Oh, come on, Peter. I only liked her perform- like her performance is something, but like it's not – I didn't even finish the show. I, 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 I guess I, I don't know. I'm just bewildered by the fact that you can't recognize that the other shows we're talking about are more culturally important to a larger part of the audience and therefore more representative of the definitive shows – of the decade, as opposed to this one niche program 
That is a game that, show that, air, that, is, airs, that airs during the summer on the CW. Listen, the, the, you might think it's not a cultural part, but, like, it is part of bringing ba- magic back to the mainstream. Like, before this, like, magicians couldn't even, like, play. They couldn't even go uh, in a bar. No, 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 but they, could, they couldn't make it to the <laughs> second round of America's Got Talent. Last year, a magician won. Um, like, this is... Uh, there's been, like, a resurgence of magician shows on Netflix. There is... Uh, been like five big magicians that have popped up in Las Vegas. It's all due to fool us. Sounds like uh, it's great for magicians, but the population at large, it's still not. But it is because people are watching it. Like it, it, people, it is creating an appetite for magicians in this world. <laughs> I, I, I still think at the top of this list, we have honorable mention with you writing about why the show mattered to you, and we go to the top twenty-five. I, I think that is an incredibly fair compromise. It gets people, everybody who reads the article will see it. Or, wait, what if we did a completely separate thing that's honorable mentions? That way, HT could write about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I could write about Penny Dreadful. We all pick one thing. I think that's fair. Everybody picks one honorable mention to go in a, 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 a one paragraph above all this. We call it a day. We all get to write about something that isn't on the list, but we're passionate about all get the leftovers peter gets penn and teller H gets his girlfriend uh chris gets penny dreadful ben gets maybe terry but, but, but then what makes it onto this list let's let's take crazy ass girlfriend off penn teller off so we uh, we cut veep american or sharp objects one of these two one of these one of these gets cut the other two make the list and we call it a day i've seen none of these th- or i mean i've seen sharp objects but i didn't like it all right, there there seems to be enough opposition against sharp objects that we can cut it, and maybe I'll do that as my All right, I'm fine prize. with Veep and the Americans then. Veep is still a great show, so do it. I'm fine with that. Holy yeah, so, shit. Yeah, <sighs> so we'll all do that separate thing that's our runner-up thing. I'll yeah, do well, sharp objects. HT can do Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and so on. Peter can do... What's the name of the I'm, show I'm again? I'm fine no, with I'm that. Kidding. Penn and Teller fool us. <laughs> all right, I'm going to read this top 25, this hard-fought... Top 25 back to the, to the readers. Fleabag, Better Call Saul, Game of Thrones, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Watchmen, The Good Place, Hannibal, The Haunting of Hill House, Stranger Things, American Vandal, Bojack Horseman, Barry, Nathan For You, Cobra Kai, Chernobyl, Key and Peele, Twin Peaks The Return, Rick and Morty, Adventure Time, The Jinx, Russian Doll, Atlanta, Mindhunter, Veep, the Americans. Damn fine television. Damn fine list of damn fine television. It's if I do list. say so myself. Yeah. I agree. Good stuff. Indeed. Okay. And, as, and as Alba mentioned, at the top of this article, I'll write about the, the leftovers. Ben, you, what, do you, what do you think you'll write about? Um, Probably Cheno- uh, Chernobyl. No, no. I, I, honorable mentions. Oh, honorable mentions. I'm sorry. Uh, Freaking Terriers. Terriers. Chris, you said you'll do Penny Dreadful? I'm going to do Sharp Objects now that it's on the list, so I'll do that. And HG, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yep. Uh, Brad? I think I'm going to do Penn and Teller. Brad will do documentary now, I'm assuming. Yes, yes, I will. And uh, Peter will do Penn and Teller. And everybody will get to see these. They won't be part of the top 20, official top 25, but they'll be the, the, the outliers that matter. And those are important to all of us. Peter, end this podcast. <laughs> uh, I want to apologize to everybody out there for sticking with me as I fought very hard for Penn and Teller for West, but I, I feel like you got to stick to your guns sometimes when it really matters, like in a best of the 25 of the decade list, right? No, you know Peter, people have been DMing me and messaging me ever since the top 100 movie films of the decade list, yeah. seeing how much they enjoyed it. 
how much they enjoy the, the conversation and the arguments and debates. People really like it when we get passionate and actually have these real discussions. So even though this was a, a slog in the back hour, <laughs> people are going to enjoy uh, this so damn much. So thank you for sticking to your guns. No, I've also been getting a lot of tweets about the, the best of the movies list. And pe- people really like it when we argue with each other and don't just <laughs> passively agree. So, um, I, yeah. Anyways, so you can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast, SlashFilm Daily, published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please write and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>